Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. Here with his co-host, Soul Glow, Mr. Destin Frazier. Oh, Jesus, I swear to God, if one more person walks on me with some random item to sell, I'm going to just lose my shit. Like, who the fuck's ever heard of a waterproof umbrella? Really? <laughs> I wish I was joking. Like, I really do. <sighs> Christ. Yeah, it's definitely been one of those kind of weeks, right? I don't know what it is. The world is just full of surprises. Like I told you before, I laugh when I hear people talking about uh, 2020 and how, uh, you know, it, it'll all be behind us. And I'm like, there's still a quarter of this shit left. We're only in September. Yeah. This is the grand finale. It's just getting started. What do you mean? We're about to walk into the area of the final boss fight. I'm waiting for the cutscene. Yeah. Anyway, live chat room, I will shout you guys out at the end as always. I'm sorry that I'm tardy to the party by a little bit. I've been here. You know what it is? There's a couple things that came up in audio that I wanted to make sure that I could capture, you know, and uh, that I could run on the show, which I'll get into in regards to the stuff that we were talking about last week with the uh, WWE. But yeah, this week we're going to talk more about that stuff, the banning of third party platforms. The different releases that have happened and the cutbacks that are happening across the entire company as well as changes with AEW and taping schedules, Rob Van Dam, choosing weed over pills, <laughs> all kinds of wonderful stuff. There was no way to make that one sound good. Was I was about to say, that was a hell of a cliffhanger. Yeah, I know. I was like, I'm not going to follow that one up. <laughs> but yeah, thank you to everybody that's been listening. On talkbrunch.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, all that jazz, as well as Twitch TV, Facebook, everywhere. So, I saw a trailer that I wasn't sure if it was real. It reminds me of when I saw Jason X and I wasn't sure if the whole movie was real. <laughs> like, I saw a trailer for this movie called The Speed of Time. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> Good. That oh that the way you this. said that tells me I'm just was bullshit. Like oh. I'm, I'm sure I have it queued in our system here. Let me just go to it. Oh no. Oh man. I object. Um, what the fuck did you just show me? That was uh, that was your boy John John Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Whose boy? This is not my boy. <laughs> Motherfucker must I be thought adopted. it wasn't real. What, what the hell? <laughs> Yo, like I feel like it'd be a compliment to say that's going straight to DVD. What the fuck? Uh, that little song, the speed of time. Oh, King Quest can't. So King Quest said I came into someone looking like Brian Pillman. I'm done. That's Morrison, man. <laughs> that was Morrison. Look at this shit. Oh my god. Yeah, he looks like in the audio. <laughs> he 
I want to see this now. Look at the effects here. You know, he looks <laughs> like if somebody tried to create John Morrison in their RPG. Yo, Captain N, the, the not even Captain N. I was gonna say Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future from the '80s have better better visuals than this John oh. Morrison. Jeff. Captain Power, Power on. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, that is messed up, man. Sonic Pants is exclusively on Dust. What the fuck is on Dust? I don't know, but it's exclusive to that. Maybe you should do like people do with HBO, where they get the service just for the one thing. No, I think I'm good. Think you're good. The Morrison's not going to sell you on dust? Hell no. That's a bitch. If that's the first time you ever heard on dust, like what? I think we have to see that. Like, I couldn't possibly go without seeing that now, you know? Yo, it's so bad. Put it this way. It's so bad that WWE didn't even advertise it. Oh, think about you, it. When, have, when, it got, when it doesn't get advertised on Raw or SmackDown, that's a sign from the gods right there. And they had all kinds of shit. Then they advertised this one time this thing where Triple H was like a school teacher. Yeah. You know, I've dodged all their movies. Never once have I approached any of these movies or even remotely a scene. I've never seen any of this. I know there were other movies like big show movies and shit. I stay away from all of that. Oh my God. Unless I I'm gonna, yo, I'm so sick of fucking Jay. Shane go talk about some premiering on sci fi at eight this Wednesday. Hell nah. <laughs> Sci-fi has better taste than that. This wouldn't even make it on Destination America. It's it's just fascinating. Like I might see this. I object. That's such a great line for a corny ass character. See this right here is, is what the, the film is right there. It's a uh, Donnie Morrison in a weird ass suit eating ice cream. Oh, and we have the screenshot. It only took us nine minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think the chaperone will be worse than this? Oh, I'd rather watch the chaperone. This might be charming, right? Like Coneheads. <laughs> or like, what was that other thing? Remember that thing where, where like they were aliens that were like different colored and they shaved them down and made them human? It was like three of them. What the fuck was this? What movie was this? Really? Come on. It was a classic. You guys know. Somebody throw that shit out in the town. That movie where it's like three hairy aliens that are different colors and the they, the, the women wind up shaving them down and underneath they're like attractive men. And they turn out and, and like they wind up bringing them out into society. But they were like completely furry ass aliens. Whatever. There was a movie like that. Men are from Mars. That is not the name of the movie. <laughs> Earth Girls are easy. There you go, Shane. Remember Earth Girls wow. are easy with the, with the hairy aliens? <laughs> I feel like I need to see this now. <laughs> you do. But yeah, maybe it'll be one of those things where like, you know, it's inherently bad. Like, God, this is so stupid. But like, you enjoy it. Almost like an SNL when they make the SNL skits into like movies, you know? So what you're telling me is this is going to be the 2020 version of The Room. Or it'll be like, no, no, not The Room, not The Room. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just hoping it has like that kind of a charm to it since there's no way this could be good like on a like on a technical level like what we're looking at right here so I just want it to be one of those where you leave it going yeah you know or, or I say leave it like someone's gonna actually go buy a ticket for the piece of shit or where you get up from your couch going yeah it was alright I was say you know damn well ain't nobody going to see a shit in theaters with or without a pandemic yeah I'm gonna drop that in the chat for anybody who wants to take a look at that link and I'm gonna also get it onto social media right now Right now, there better be a scene where fucking John Moore's and Papa's Barn Roop. I did not hit her. I did not. It's bullshit. Oh, hi, Mike. <laughs> so, Johnny you tear me apart, <laughs> Johnny Killfire must go. He, he's Johnny and everything, right? Yo, <laughs> I've never met a guy whose name Johnny is Johnny and everything like he's in. His name is Johnny. 
That motherfucker's been Johnny Impact, Johnny Fuck. Oh my god. I'm gonna need you to get a different first name, sir. How funny must his IMDB page look? <laughs> People be like, is this correct? Is somebody typo here? But yeah, he's Johnny. Johnny Johnny Morrison, aka Johnny Hennigan, is now Johnny Killfire. And he must go That's back awesome. in time and team oh. up with his former self to stop Johnny Blaze. <laughs> so he must team up with his former self to stop <laughs> to stop the time borgs from getting their hands on an app that breaks the space time continuum, of course, by delivering pizza into the past before they were even ordered. What? Don't you fucking lie to me and tell me I was written the plot. I swear to you, I did not make that up. <laughs> you! What kind of acid trip is this? What in the fresh hell? I... <sighs> so that means if, if the past and present Morrison meet, does that mean that it's like Johnny Mundo and Johnny Morrison team up? No, no, I'm going to tell you how real it's going to get. It's going to be John Morrison. And I don't know if you remember when he did this gimmick for like three weeks, Johnny Blaze. Remember when he was yeah. bitch, I was fucking lackey and he changed his name every month. Or give us the crossover that we didn't even know we wanted. Make it a Marvel crossover. I say cross them over Guardians of the Galaxy. How about we have this uh this Johnny Killfire guy team up with Drax the Destroyer, huh? Uh, but you got to make a Batista Drax. Batista Drax. And we'll throw so Melina in there. Space, the door. We'll throw Melina and Val Venus in there as well. <laughs> Just well, for that that's an awesome voice. team, right? <laughs> you gonna tell them how Batista dates We'll call the movie Take Take One for the Team, and that's the team that they'll oh be. Oh my god. I don't know why I did that, but yeah. Oh. It's great though that he's John Killfire and he goes back in time to team up with his former self to to fucking to stop pizzas from being delivered. But What's hilarious is underneath this ridiculous plot, it says, thus presents thought-provoking science fiction content, exploring (laughs) the future of humanity through the lens of science and technology, from timeless classics to cutting-edge movies, series, short films, and podcasts. Thus, the choir produces and distributes all content types. We got to find out how much dust is a month, right? You find out about your damn self, motherfucking It's brilliant. That was fun. Well, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, I start funny every now and then. And fucking John Horsa in this movie, oh, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I forgot I had him up there with the ice cream this whole time that I was describing this. That wasn't intentional at all because <laughs> I had be because I had the text of what I was reading over over my overlay of everything. <laughs> and when I look back and there he was with the ice cream. Whoops! It, it worked out though, right? Can't you guys like my movie? Can't you guys best like my movie? He had time to eat ice cream before these pizzas were going to be delivered through time. Oh, God. There's already a plot hole in that. Unbelievable. Maybe he lives in the middle of nowhere and it's hard to get pizza. Write it down. Hard to get pizza. Yeah, fuck it. We're just throwing them out there tonight. Okay, so. Yeah, right. Whatever makes money, right? That's what everyone does. You just throw content out there. No one cares. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> they throw it like with the, they throw with the burn throw. <laughs> Well, I think there was one where he threw a ball, right? And it like went a few feet. From him. <laughs> it, was, it was like a baseball game or something. Say, it's a sound effect, but you do it. It fucking kills me every How time. How did they not get the character his own show, right? Why does that man not have his own show? <laughs> I always popped for him, man. But yeah, I remember there was some time he threw a ball. Like, <laughs> and it just fell. Like, well, damn, man. That sucks. Oh, God. I'm going to give you the thrust of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> to me, he was more feeble than evil, you know, because like, what could he really do? If the hounds were the biggest the threat. It is. We said before we played that one clip, you could tell he really used to fuck people up like that back of the day. He did that shit like nothing was different. <laughs> That's a deep character, Mr. Burns. All right, so let's talk about WWE firing motherfuckers all week, huh? They just went fire crazy again. Oh, wait, no. We're always on here talking about how much money they either saved or how many people they fired. It's never how much money they've lost since the start of this entire life crisis. Not once has it been like, and because of that, WWE lost this much. It's always like, and now WWE saved this much money or they got a discount here. Or they fired a bunch of people there, so they're saving millions. Isn't it weird? They sign people up for their membership here. Oh, wait, wrong place. Yeah, it's nuts. But uh, apparently, Gerald Briscoe was let go of all people. He's been there for years. Gerald Briscoe, which many have s- cited as being part of the reason for the WWE success, the access to their federation at the time and their help scouting certain talent and giving them access to territories and uh, just the fact that he's been a loyal employee. They just found it to be a bit of a shock, you know, and uh, I can't blame them. If you're going to fire Gerald Briscoe, I guess you're showing that you'll fire anybody. So uh, it's weird because first the word came in from the sheets that there was going to be a wave of firings. And then slowly it just started coming down and, and Briscoe was one of them. And when you think about it, he was also part of the show, even to like people that are younger than us that knew him from the uh, the freaking Briscoe angle. You know, and didn't he have an angle? He was part of the uh Freaking, yeah, the Stooges, him and him and freaking Patterson. Remember when they were legit? He, he actually, uh, when the hardcore title was going through his comedy phase, he had my favorite win because he pinned Crash Holly and had the most silent, epic celebration ever. Mister McMahon, Mister McMahon. Every time they brought him back, he always did that bit. Yeah, at the Briscoe Brothers Body Shop. Remember that shit, Briscoe Brothers. Oh my god! And, uh, and it was legit. It was a shoot body shop. That wasn't an angle. Those guys were actually, that was their thing. Briscoe Brothers, go look up that video. It was a commercial for that shit. But yeah, uh, apparently nothing sacred out here. There's no job security in this company. Like, you could be fired from anywhere. Isn't that crazy? If you, if you were here on day one, you could get fired. And it's completely unnecessary since everyone knows that they're saving money. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Not- you would think that, uh, you, you would think that they would know that people are watching like don't you see how you look not one single firing has ever been necessary like not one every single person who has been fired since this year started did not need to go everybody from freaking rusev to the guy who gets the camera guy who gets the other camera guy water did not need to get fucking fired but no, they want to save money. Yeah, he tweeted and he said, okay, I want to get this out right away. Last night I received a call from WWE chairman of the board, Vince McMahon, to let me know after 36 years of dedication to WWE, I'm no longer needed. I'm okay with this. I will still be around to help talent. More info will follow. Thanks. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really uh, know what to think anymore. It's so shady to just start releasing people now. And now things are starting to go back to normal. No, like so many people showed so much class and dignity during this. And we can't say that about this company in any capacity, not from a safety capacity, 
not from a business capacity, not from an entertainment capacity, not from an employee security capacity. They literally got F's across the fucking board where if the world was going to end, that should be the last place that anybody would ever want to work because they literally showed that there's no level of security that they're going to give that's going to work out. Not a single thing that they did was anything that anyone's ever agreed with. When you really look at it, we have leaders and dictators in third world countries that have made more moves during this shit than they have. And they're in our fucking country. When you really yeah. think about that, how crazy is it? And they do it shamelessly. I like mean, they, like, we can, talk- can we name one? What's one fucking good thing that they have done since what's happened in 2020? Can someone name one thing, like one thing that they've done that's been positive where you go, well, that was nice of them. Oh, well, I mean, Keith Lee's not wait. No, no, no. I mean, not the new Randy Orton put now. It's nah, crazy. Nah. Like, as much as we used to rag on Impact, we used to rip on Impact. They took a loan out just to make sure their guys were taken care of during this shit. They literally said, to hell with the ratings, to hell with the money. We want to make sure every last one of you is okay. Yo, Shane said, Pat and these fuckers. I guess that he's saying that's the one good thing they did this year, and they didn't even really do. It. I mean, he did it. You know what? I give him credit. That guy turned out to be well, well done here. You know, very good stuff. But no, they haven't done anything on like a global level where we can look at them. They, they haven't made any choices as a company that are that are good choices. All ever. they've done is fire people, put them in shit angles, or change their music for no reason, and get them sick, and then tell them to keep it a secret. I mean, all I'm saying is, notice the trend on that commentary table. <laughs> yeah, night off, cool. It's just weird, right? Like, and then we heard about all that money they're saving, the millions they're saving on Raw. Even if they're not that getting, they could the, have saved without even firing everybody. Even if they're not getting the house money for the tickets, they're still saving millions on production, and they just started firing people. I'm telling you, they're going to be at the bottom of the barrel when things are fully back to normal. Everybody else is going to be cool and breezy because they took care of their guys, or at least tried to. They're going to be sitting at the bottom of the barrel looking stupid. Mike Rotunda also IRS. Fire. Yeah, Brian Bo's dad. Mm-hmm. He was a producer for them, and he was fired. A lot of people who were furloughed have been released. We're hearing or are going to be released. So, I told you guys that I thought that furloughed and fired was the same shit. I hated when people during that initial thing were correcting it. They said furloughed for those guys. No, listen, you there was silly a delayed fool. <laughs> you know, it's all nobody's working or getting paid. That's all that means. You could furlough somebody indefinitely. It doesn't even matter. You know, if the person drops dead in a few weeks, then that furlough was permanent. Or if the world just ends, then every furlough was a fire. You gotta look at it like that. So if you're released. In other words, you have to look at it from a realistic standpoint. Not this is WWE. <laughs> That's even <laughs> more reason to look at it from a realistic standpoint because it's WWE. Mm hmm. So, uh, yeah, that really sucks. It's a damn shame that we have a company that we just can't freaking uh, give anyone security from the top to the bottom. And it must be weird because, uh, hey, Bray, your dad that works at the same job as you got fired. And your brother yeah. is just kind we'll of MIA. Yeah, we haven't seen what your brother in months. He's probably next. What happened to Bo? He's one of those people like JTG where he's silently still getting money. Like he's not released or anything right now. They probably forgot they paid him. They JTG'd him, right? Yeah. The only person I know for sure of what's going on with him is Bobby Roode. And he just because he's stuck in Canada. Wow. But they probably that, forgot bro. that too. Remember when that happened with JTG when he was? Oh, like, I'll never forget it. 
when he was still working for the company, but they never showed him for like years. And there was a website you could go to and it had a counter. It was just a picture of JTG with a clock and it was counting up how long he's been still under WWE employment. That was such an incredible site that someone put the work, work into just second by second. JTG still employed. Now we need one for Bo. Bo's the next guy who gets the, the count up clock. Which to this day, I wonder if if that clock had something to do with JTG getting released. Like, can you imagine if like somebody who works at the office or even Vince himself or someone's on the web and they fucking find the JTG clock counting up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, shit, shows that it's been like years and the guy's still employed. That's great. And uh, they weren't done firing yet because... Uh, no fucking way. Because they fired Sarah Stock, right? Yeah, this was, uh, I heard about this one not too long ago as well. Like, they fired so many people this past week. Mm-hmm. They just, Jesus. Yeah, tragic. Let me fix that picture up there. But yes, Aristoc, you guys remember her. She was, she used to work for Ring of Honor. Yeah, I do remember that name. Hey, it was from Ring of Honor, but. <sighs> yeah, she was, she was with Chris Hero and freaking Claudio. Yeah. She was, she managed the Kings of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And she was a good wrestler herself. But apparently that means fuck all of this company. Yeah, right? No, nah, they didn't care at all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she was training the girls and everything, wasn't she? Yeah, she was uh, training in the performance center. She was one of the coaches. Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. Like, you kind of need those coaches. They might be one of the only reasons why your women don't suck like in other places. And the only thing is the women that suck in other places are at least treated better. Yeah, at this, at this point, it seems like it's better to suck somewhere else than be good here. I'll say we shouldn't treat everybody good. Like the women in the other places might might be opting to get some lunchables instead of the catering. If if the uh-huh. stuff that I'm seeing continues, Trust me, I, I'd rather have job security with the with the nacho lunchables. <sighs> well, that was another release there, and I don't know. I don't get it. It's like I guess people that they're just not going to be doing. She's been a producer there, so it's not like she was a uh, freaking doing day-to-day training with talent yeah i don't know what to tell you anymore with this but yeah they're they're definitely saving a lot of money they said that 12 to 15 people were fired from uh the live events division so the people who run the house show including one of the high-ranking vice presidents they fired him and uh a lot of people are saying that's an indication that they're not going to be bringing back house shows because if you don't have like the top-ranking people who run your house shows you probably don't care about having them right now. Is that their excuse? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. And yeah, apparently Mike Rotunda was one of the people that runs house shows that was integral part of house shows. So the fact that they released him, it kind of shows that you're not going to be seeing those. So, yeah, not looking great. What are your thoughts so, on this? It It annoys me simply because... It's not necessary. This is a multi, multi, multi million dollar company. What money do they need to save? Like, it, 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 it baffles me. Like, I got like, y'all usually have to save money just to get through the month. I, man, if I had money like this company does, I wouldn't need to send, not to spend, um, save not a thing. Like, they have more than enough. To take care of, I mean, for God's sakes, we talked before how they hire, how they bring people on just to pay them to sit at home. All, all of a sudden, now you want to save money? Like, you, yeah. you, they don't get the switch like that. Like, you know, the secretary says the 
cost of doing business. This isn't business, though. This is just fucking with people's livelihoods because you have nothing better to do. And you want to make yourself look good for your pretty little investors and shit. Like, you look good for your investors all around, all you want. But understand, when karma comes around, your investors can't save you from shit. And karma is about to bite this company in the ass probably real soon. Because all the while, while everybody else is taking care of their people, WWE is showing week in and week out why you don't want to be a part of this company. And why people are openly turning these people down. Yeah, and if cuts have to be made, it's just the unusual timing of the cuts, too. You know, yeah. it's just like the, the it seems like things are getting better. And a lot of people weren't even letting people go when they get worse. And we have the numbers in front of us all the time, just in regards to like yeah. the, the money is there, you know. And it's kind of, it's even worse because why would the company that has the most money need to make cuts when everybody else doesn't? Yeah. And like if this was like Impact or AEW or MLW, okay, I can understand the cuts and maybe the shitty timing. This place, I, I can't, I can't plausibly get myself to believe that they actually needed to make any kind of cuts. Yeah, and it's being reported that a lot of the talent and people that were furloughed felt strung along is the words that are being used. And that uh, at the end of the day, while they're cutting these people off, and they, they strung them along with the furlough until finally releasing a lot of them. But then at the same time, they brought in that Nick Khan guy. Remember we joked and we said oh, they needed a Khan of their own who was the chief revenue officer? And that apparently cost them a lot of money. So they're furloughing people but uh, at the same time, it's the money's being put into other things. So that just goes to show you that, like, it's just that they want to, I guess, re reallocate money to other parts of the company. So <sighs> apparently one of the, the writers, longtime staff writer, Anthony Beningo, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. He said some personal news today was my last day of WWE. Way too many memories and, and thank yous for almost nine years. Suffice to say, it's about the most challenging, rewarding place I could have imagined starting my career with the best people I could have ever hoped to meet along the way. And, uh, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Honestly, the writers, like, I, I, you know how I feel about that. If that's the first thing that should have gone, I wanted the writers gone since before there was a reason for writers to be gone and before we were trying to save money. Like the writers is where the, the, the money should have been in the first place. They needed to all walk everybody. And, uh, apparently the report is it was around 70 people that got cut so they were on furlough and then from that it just went to being cut so it was a lot of live producers production managers merchandise people travel people you know the people who do the behind the scenes shit people whose names you probably wouldn't know were a lot of the cases with this but then at the same time i was hearing because this is from that was from wrestling observer but then it fun, i find it funny i find a contradiction here because then fightful at the same time was reporting that wwe brought in understudies what they basically, what I mean by this is, uh, everyone in the office now has an understudy. That way, if that person gets sick, they'll still be able to keep things moving because they have the understudy there. Now, this is clever for two reasons. Number one, that will work. If you have somebody who, God forbid, catches a virus and they have to stay home for 14 days, you at least have somebody who is literally shadowing them. So they'll be able to fill that role temporarily until things come back if you don't alter things too much. Also, if you're going for more budget cuts and releases like I think you're doing, you're just basically having people train their replacements. It's an old tactic used in a lot of corporations. And uh that's what I see here. Those are not your fucking understudies. Those are your replacements, guys, because you can work for much cheaper. Lots of companies do this. Computer companies, gaming companies. They'll just find work. Have you train your own replacement. You don't even realize you're like a dumbass. You think you're being given more responsibility because they tell you to teach this guy everything you know. That guy's you. So 
<laughs> I, this is just my thesis. This isn't from the third sheet. I'm just looking at things that are happening at the same time. Two reports from two different sheets. And I'm like, wait a minute. So they have understudies that they hired for the employees, but then they released 70 of them. <laughs> so something suspicious. You might be training your replacements. The remainder of you who are not released might be only there because you're training your replacements. Isn't that crying? I'm like, shit. <laughs> Oh, man. Like I said, that's why it takes so long, because I have to actually read some of these things, because a lot of the stories don't even realize themselves that they correlate together. I'm looking at it like, wait a minute, but if this is if this is here and that's there, then they can only be thinking one thing. They're, they're putting money where they want it to go without actually spending any more money. They said that, uh, what's that guy's name? Um, Josiah Williams. Yeah, Josiah Williams. He's a ring announcer. They brought him back. He got rehired. He was someone who was furloughed, and they rehired him. Now, uh, I don't really remember him. He was uh, the guy who, when Adam Cole had that uh, that special entrance, he was the guy who sang his music. Okay. And they rehired him, right? Yeah. So let's have a look at the stuff here. He said, God always has a plan. And he put this picture out. I mean, it does look good that they hired him back. Yeah, like one guy. <laughs> you know, it does look good, though. It better out here right now. If they hire him back, it better start coming with some better fucking wrestling thing. I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna say it just gives a very positive image to WWE. We hired, we fired seventy people, but you know, one guy's life matters. We broke. <laughs> just, they just want to make sure that they're still. Oh, that took a second. That was. Crazy. I'm just saying that this company is very smart. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just saying that sometimes they make certain moves just to reduce heat in certain areas. <laughs> You know what I mean? They, they turned it down a whole half a degree. Because it'll look really bad in certain aspects. You know what I mean? Like, it could look a lot worse publicly. And that's all they really give a fuck about is public perception. So, <sighs> See, we kept Josiah. That's what they're thinking. Also, according to Fightful, Completely unrelated story, unless you look at it, I guess, the way I'm looking at it. But they're remodeling and renovating the performance center right now. Oh, snap. With money. Because that shit would cost money. This isn't Minecraft. Oh, snap. You know, it costs cash to do this. And the only thing that I could think of do that they would want to do, which would save them even more money, is if the remodeling was basically to make the performance center have the capabilities of the Thunderdome. And then we don't need to rent out a Thunderdome because we have the performance center set up whenever we need the Thunderdome. And since we never say where the location is, it'll just be the Thunderdome again when it's time to run out of there. And then, it'll, and then it'll just be the Drizzle Dome. And notice they moved up the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. They moved up the date of it, I think, to late October. It was going to be in November, but they moved it up to late October because... uh that will be around when their contract with the place where they are right now runs out. So they might be replanning shit and the performance center getting remodeled and renovated would be so that next time, if there's ever a situation like this again, they want to have their own in-house place to be able to handle everything the way that they have now learned to do. They are not going to just, you know, wing it next time. Automatically, it, let's just say that there was a wave of something else that makes people have to social distance, right? They're going to automatically have a place where you can, uh, where, where you can just have the Thunderdome, which I think will be the performance. They're not going to have to look to rent. They're not going to have to look to leave. They're going to be able to set it up in Thunderdome mode, which is smart when you think about it. Yeah. 
if you throw enough people off of your raft, they may drown, but it has a better chance of it not sinking, right? <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> the truth. Titanic logic. And look what happened to Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Pixie Starla, thank you for that host. I haven't been paying attention to the chat, so I just looked over. We're live, folks, so I just need a moment sometimes to look here. But okay. yeah, they're, we do it live, people. they're renovating and remodeling the damn performance center, probably to make it into a Thunderdome. And that's pretty much it. That's the news of the firings. So, uh, Rob Van Dam spoke to Wrestling Inc. And he discussed the fact that, uh, wrestlers ask him for advice and he's glad that the current generation is smoking more weed and as opposed to eating a bunch of handfuls of pills and alcohol like his generation did. And because of that, they're going to live longer. And that the athletic style that requires you to really take care of yourself, you can't be out at a bar drinking till five in the morning like the wrestlers in the 70s and 80s so basically uh because of himself he says the wrestlers are going to live longer He's giving himself the credit there so i guess good for him and it's funny because this is a little bit unrelated i just have this just happened to me right anyone who has twitter knows sometimes you scroll across tr- twitter and you find interesting conversations that's why you have it so I'm scrolling and I see Rob Van Dam. I don't know if it's connected to his comments, but him and Landstorm are having a conversation about whether or not marijuana is a gateway drug to worse drugs. And uh it was a cordial conversation. You know, I, I forget even what the perspective were. Obviously, we know what uh, RVDs was, but I'm just reading this. You can you guys can go back and look. And uh at one point, RVD makes this really interesting metaphor where he says that, uh, If a girl likes anal, her first blowjob isn't what got her there. It was her curiosity. I'm paraphrasing. This is exactly what we said. It was something like it was her curiosity and lust or some shit like that, which I thought was a really good, interesting metaphor to the difference between comparing marijuana to gateway drugs and everything like that. And I'm sitting here looking at Twitter and I remember having this epiphany and I'm thinking to myself, man, these two wrestlers, these two guys from ECW Extreme Wrestling, are able to have this really compelling and interesting conversation uh, and use social media for it. Like, I'm glad wrestlers are actually using Twitter as an outlet for civil discourse. And I kid you not, the timing could be, couldn't be any better. I uh, I scroll just a little bit more, and there's Seth Rollins in big caps. I love football! <laughs> <laughs> it was just the funny, just the fact, it was just the fucking timing. <laughs> Like, oh, my God. Right when that thought, I'm thinking, these guys are having this really compelling civil discourse. It's really good to see wrestling. I love football. And that's all the fucking Texas. And I just put my phone back down. I was like, and that's why I don't like fucking looking at this thing too often. (laughs) Because there is no sense of direction where you're going to go. Boom. It snapped me right back to reality. Yeah, I fucking hate social media. That's right. I'm not happy about this. Fuck you all. Put the phone back down. Got a nice cordial (laughs) conversation between two legends. Football. It's exactly how it from. I'm going to start randomly asserting that shit in my fucking life. Just for no fucking reason. I just love that it's just all caps. I love football. I get it. No, this is like Toronto. He was having a moment. There was a game on or something probably. It was just so funny, though, to watch this dynamic. You don't understand how well his timing was just fucking down like... <laughs> Sitting there just reading through, like, man, that's a really good conversation. These guys, I wonder if these guys are coming. I wonder if these guys are like, football! Like, <laughs> like, 
You know, fucking write that down. Football with like 80 caps. Oh, man. So, a uh, little bit more fun. There's a Dune movie. Huh? Aren't you guys excited, Dune? Oh, God. Dune. Dune, bro. I don't know shit about Dune. I feel like I should because of all of the excitement. I don't know. I know it's a book, right? Is that what it is? A book? You don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't even pretend like I did. <laughs> it's an old book. I don't know if it ever was adapted into anything. Someone, you guys are going to have to tell me in the chat. Was it ever adapted into anything besides a book? It's just a book? Because uh, Batista's in Dune. Let's have a look here. I know Batista in Dune. This is a slow motion shot of him in Dune. I guess is that how little his role is? That we need to slow mo. What the hell's Dune about? What the fuck was that? Jesus. He looks like human Zordon. No, you didn't just Zordon him. <laughs> oh my god. The Samurai you're right, but still. It's just a strange look, right? All he I looks like a freak or something. What is this movie? I have the trailer here. Should we watch it? I don't even know if we should watch it. If we went through fucking Johnny, whatever his name is, this week's fucking trailer, we might as well do this. Do the Dune trailer? Yeah. All right. I'll share with you guys in the chat room. Let me pull up this. I know we have it on our system. Let's find out what the hell Dune is. Oh, you love when it starts with that sound. You know, getting a good trailer, right? (laughs) There's something happening. Or you get a Sunday stream, one or the other. There's something awakening in my mind. I can't control it. What did you see? There's a crusade coming. I know nothing about you this. You often dream things that happen just as you dream them. Yes. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box and you die. What's in the box? Pain. Jeez. You inherit too much power. You have proven you can rule yourself. Now you must learn to rule others. Something none of your ancestors learned. My father rules an entire planet. He's losing it. He's getting a richer one. Some that dramatic stuff in here. Huh? Arrakis is a death trap. Kill him. This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Let's fight like demons. An animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg to escape. What will you do? I know you. One day, the legend will be born. All of civilization depends on it. There's Batista, there's Little Roll. He made it into the trailer. If you look careful. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. My Lord Duke. Where the fear is gone, 
Only I will remain. Go, go, go! Jesus. What the fuck is that? Man, who want to live in a world where that could happen, right? Wow. That is the ultimate shitty boss fight. Like this giant sandworm came out for anyone who's on the iTunes version of this. That was crazy. I'm gonna link this to you. Share it in the uh, the thing. Yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on, but it looked cool, right? Yeah. See, I might actually watch that. Yeah, I think I will too. What I, is there? What is there before this? There's something. This is this is two something. There's a sequel to something, Shane. Uh, apparently, Shane's like it's a remake. Huh? Is it? See, this looks like it would actually make it to theaters. This. I mean, we might have to watch this. I guess. I mean, Batista's a successful movie, so I don't see why it wouldn't yeah. be something that uh, I... Anything I've seen him in, I've enjoyed. So. Yeah. And Hollywood's been treating him well, so... Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, and the, his Drax character is actually better than anything that he's done in wrestling. Exactly. His Drax character probably could have gotten around without tripping. No, I'm kidding, Dave. <laughs> All right. Well, when we left off last week, we were talking about... uh the WWE not wanting third party involvement for its superstars and how we felt about this, what exactly we thought that this was going to mean, how it was going to affect things. No one sounded happy. No one whatsoever. Also, Sakuhasu, thank you for your uh, message where you pointed out that the MTA in New York also has this kind of a rule. And I figured typical. The MTA would be a place that has a ridiculous rule like that. So thank you for reaching out and pointing that out to me from last episode because, yeah, we were looking for other organizations that might have shitty business practices like WWE and, yes, MTA. Congratulations, buddies. So I, I don't know the extent of their uh, of their rules, though. Like, what are they not allowed to do? Like, I wonder, are they not allowed to have social media presences? Is that what it is? Because, uh, you know, I'll have to follow up with Sako. I don't know if she's um, up in the chat room. I know she was there earlier, but I'll have to see exactly to what extent these limitations go, you know? Yeah. I'm going to see if I have her exact, I have my phone in front of me, see if I have her exact uh, message here. Yes, she basically said that in regards to WWE Twitch cameo debacle, MTA kind of has the same stipulations in terms of side work as crazy as it sounds and it sucks. But does Twitch sound, but is Twitch side work? Would they, would the MT, are you telling me that the MTA would consider you making money off of Twitch side work? I, I'd have to w- find out, like, to what extent they're doing it. You know? Yeah. It's, and also, like, how long have they had this rule in place? Cause WWE literally just threw this out of nowhere with no rhyme or reason. So, however, it has been confirmed, or at least the word go around, everyone's saying it is confirmed that Vince wanted to do this for a while, like before 2020, but then things went bad. And they kind of delayed doing it. But this has been something he's wanted to do for a while. But yeah, like she said, they want to own you. Talking about both, I guess, WWE and the MTA. You know, they want to own But they're supposed to be independent contractors. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So people asked AJ Styles about this after this happened last week in regards to his Twitch community. What was going to happen with him? I'm going to share this for you guys in the chat room, but this is what he had to say. Elephant in the room. I, I guess that it's it, it's the room in general, right? That's the elephant. The the streaming room of AJ Styles is uh, the elephant in the room. We we got a, we got a couple things to talk about. So let's talk about the stream. Is it going to continue? And 
from the contacts that I've had, the, the information that I got, WWE does want us to interact with our fans, and that means streaming. They want this to happen. They want you to have a YouTube channel. Like There are things that they want you to do and be able to do, and that what we know was a little vague at first, but we're going to you know, talk about what needs to happen. Listen, there were some things going on that we knew we couldn't do. We really knew. But times have changed. Things have happened. You know, stadiums, you know, we're in one, but we weren't. And there's no people in the stadium that we're in. So it was a weird time. You know, so we did different things. And it was borderline whether we knew we could do it or not. And so those will be answered. But streaming, I think, is not going to be one of those that's been taken away. Um, YouTube is not one of those things that's going to be taken away. Uh, will they'll, will, there'll be changes in other areas. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. And, uh, I, I don't know exactly where that is. But again, let me, let me say this one more time. They, the WWE want, they want us to be able to stream and interact with our fans. And that's exactly what we're doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, from Adam Cole to Breeze and, and Xavier Woods to Baron Corbin. That's what we do. It's, it's fun. Just, I just want to send out some positive vibes out there to you guys. All right. Everything's going to be okay. Don't, don't stress out about, you know, WWE, bad guy, WWE. It's, it's not like that. It's not like things have changed. It's not like it used to be. I can guarantee you that. If, if the WWE or F at that time would have been as it was then, I wouldn't have made it here. Just, it wouldn't have worked. I'm just not that type of guy. But it, it has totally changed over the years, guys, despite what you might think, despite what uh, the dirt sheets say. I mean, it's, it's a great place to work. Like I said, I, I would have let, I, I'll let my own children work for this company. The man said, I'd let my own children work for this company. Considering one of them doesn't even want the product. I mean, considering what? Oh, one of them. I don't know. Yeah, right, well, right, right. one of his kids said he didn't even watch WWE anymore. So, I mean. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts of AJ's on the opposite side of the spectrum entirely? He thinks it's a great place and they do good things. And a lot of it's in direct contradiction of the perspective that a lot of listeners and even we would have in some aspects. I mean, what does he possibly have to complain about? <laughs> in the middle of a feud on TV every week? Not furloughed? Like, nah. Yeah, that is true. Like, is there's too much going on in this company to have any reason to believe this place is great. It's far from it. But a top guy is not going to tell you that because he wants to stay a top guy. He doesn't want to relive that that freaking ending they gave him in DNA. No. Meltzer, also on Wrestling Observer Radio, said that basically everyone was told that everybody can do Twitch and YouTube and use your real name. You just have to be aware of it. And he was told that everybody's encouraged to use social media platforms and that they're encouraged to do it. They want to use, they want them to use their social media platforms and expand themselves and their brand and all that, but just not to monetize WWE's name. Oh, that is what Meltzer was told is the way that it is with WWE. But on the flip side of that, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees is no longer hosting WWE Superstar stores. And for anyone who doesn't know how Pro Wrestling Tees works, I don't know how the hell you'd be listening to us and at this point not know that, but it's a store where each wrestler can open up their own little store in it and it'll have their shirts. You can have Pro Wrestling Tees 
slash AJ Styles for wrestling tees slash Undertaker in theory, you know, and it's like a, a little side, it's a little side hustle because you split the uh, earnings with the people that are actually printing out and sending out the shirts and they're using your logos and designs and so on and so forth. So you got pro wrestling tees. That's where these shirts come from. And now they no longer have WWE shirts there anymore. Mustafa Ali, Kevin Owens, Zelina Vega, Sami Zayn, they all had pro wrestling t-shirts where it was like their own unique designs and their own kind of stuff. All of those are taken down. Uh, Kevin Owens, uh, has a Kevin Steen store and only has one t-shirt available now. Uh, where he had like apparently it's been reported he had a dozen last week with his uh legal name. So apparently even using his Kevin Steen name, he had to take down a lot of those shirts for one reason or another. Not only has one there, so you know. Selena Vega turned her store to Thea Trinidad, but all of her items are gone from there. So uh I don't know if that means she's gonna bring back stuff with just her name or if you're not allowed to promote your name, because that's what they're not saying. You gotta remember this is a very political company. Like they're telling you that to use your name, but there's stuff in your contract that probably forbids you from doing that like as far as selling your own shirts and stuff on your own name so it's kind of like i feel like they have people sort of in bad loopholes here you know what i mean because you have the actual uh independent contractor thing that comes into play but yet you're controlling what these people can do like if you're not giving them medical then they should have the ability to be able to make that money you know like what if their twitch money is their medicaid money what if their pro wrestling tees money is their physical and their 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 medicine money? You know, you don't know how somebody's life is, but it's just funny to me to have that there in today's world in any capacity. Even if they're saying, sure, use Twitch, just don't use your real name. It's just weird that right now, with all of the leeway that they're given, that they would even be trying to get more. That's exactly how people screw up. You always have control of something, but then you try to get more control. And when you get comfortable getting control, you lose control. They were in a nice spot, and I said that last week. They were in a nice spot, and they're blowing it because now people are looking at the shady business practices that they have. No, big names are calling them out on their shit. Yeah, so they really have to be careful about exactly how that works and what's going to happen. At this point, it's too late for careful. (laughs) They should have been careful years ago. Yeah, pretty much. Andrew Yang uh, was actually on... uh, First, he was on CNN, which we, we played that video last week. But then he went on Chris Van Vliet's show and he spoke about the WWE stuff. And it was a long interview, which obviously we don't have the time for. Here's a little bit, just some clips from it. But I'm going to link you guys to the whole thing because Andrew Yang sounds like he's gunning for them. I actually got a message from uh, from someone uh, who was part of the WWE pointing out to me the story about how WWE was saying, hey, don't go on Cameo or Twitch. Uh, and it infuriated me because I know that the WWE has been trying to play it both ways for years, where they're saying, on one hand, can't do anything without our say-so, you, we own you, but you're an independent contractor and we have nothing to do with your health, retirement, uh, uh, any of the benefits you get that would accrue to an employee. So to me, you, you have to make a choice at some point. If you're going to control all these aspects of a, a wrestler or performer's waking life, then you should take some responsibility, too, for that person. Uh, bigger picture. Maybe like if they have a kid, maybe they get some uh, maternity or paternity leave. You know, Maybe they get an off-season. Maybe they get recovery time. Uh, and I say this as someone who's been a longtime fan of the sport. I know you know a lot of the performers well yourself. Yeah. They're putting their lives on the line, not, or their health on the line, their family life on the line, all the time. They've made Vince a billionaire, 
Uh, and then the fact that he's still being so heavy-handed about their ability to make a simple buck on Cameo just struck me as so absurd and ridiculous and wrong. Uh, and uh, I've been on the side of MMA fighters who are in the similar boat, frankly, with the UFC and Dana White. Yeah. Uh, and because I got this note from this uh, performer, I said, you know, like it's past time that someone calls Vince out for this, particularly because if Joe and Kamala win, I may be in a position to do something about it. With professional wrestlers, you inhabit a character, but you're still a human being, uh, and you still should be able to do things as any human would do for example make an appearance show up on on cameo like do do things that take advantage of it, it like uh, it'd be if you chris somehow were uh in a movie and then all of a sudden you weren't allowed to turn around <laughs> and do anything as yourself right uh so so i think that the comparison is not very apt uh in large part because the treatment is so uh uh, is so uh, again, it, it's so dissonant because on one hand you're saying, "Look, we have no responsibility for you," but on the other hand, uh, we control your very image, your name in some cases, uh, and you can't do anything without our say. So, uh, it, it in no a way, it's actually inhuman. It's dehumanizing. It's saying, "Like, look, you are no longer a human being. You are this character." Uh, and I remember. One of the pieces of evidence, this will show what a fan I am, uh, of how off big Vince is. Is you remember when he busted out like the fake Razor Ramon and the fake Diesel? Of course, when, uh, yeah. That Holland Kevin Nash went to, yeah. But like that, that's literally how he thinks about it. It's like, I made you, I invented you. It's like, actually, they're two dudes. <laughs> they're walking around, they work for your competitor, and no one cares about these new fake characters that you're, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're coming up with. Like, like without those individuals and the talent. Um, the characters don't matter and they don't exist with trying to draw a comparison with Disney. Uh, you know, it's like, like Disney doesn't own Emma Watson. <laughs> it's, not like Emma, it's not like Emma Watson like shows up someplace and Disney's like, can't sign those autographs. Uh, you know, and, and that's the, so if they want to compare themselves, uh, you know, they, they should really rethink, um, their values in large part, because if you do look at someone like Emma Watson or Disney or Warner, Guess what? They're members of the Screen Actors Guild, and they yeah. have tons of benefits. Like, if you want to go that direction, Vince, then you'd have to <laughs> you'd have you'd have to completely change how you treat your workers, which is a legitimate go. And and that would be one thing I would suggest is look, if you want to control their name and likeness, guess what? Then they should be part of a union or a professional association. They should have benefits up to their eyeballs, and then you can have a conversation with them about some of their activities. But the truth of it is that there's a vastly uneven bargaining table at work where if you're a performer and wwe says hey here's this contract and we're going to stick a bunch of things in it that you think are unfair or ridiculous or exploitative at the end of the day you feel like you have no choice but to sign that deal because yeah. wwe holds the keys to the kingdom you know they are the largest company they're the surest means to elevate your career uh and there hasn't been a genuinely competitive market for years it's one reason why I, like many other fans, naturally root for AEW to succeed and create a genuine uh, competitive market so that wrestlers don't get exploited. Yeah, that, that dude's dangerous to them. I bet I bet they don't like him being around. Oh, yeah. Like I said, at this point, there's no being careful. <laughs> Fun's over. But like, they're in the mainstream media radar now. And 
I highly suggest you guys listen to this whole thing. It's really long. It's like about 20 minutes. But you know what, man? This guy goes on to say how, like, this isn't just like a thing. Like, he made an emphasis about how this isn't just like some seasonal thing that, like, later on he's going to just forget about it and it's going to cool off and he's going to go back to his life. Like, he made, like, it fucking sure that this is going to, he's going to keep going until this happens. Like, he does, like, I'm paraphrasing his words, but he literally said, like, this isn't going to be a thing where it's going to just go away or it's going to calm down and I'm going to forget. Like, he's gunning for them until mission's accomplished. So that's the last thing that they needed was that shit to happen. And that's what I, didn't I say that last week? I was like, yeah. if you keep doing and this, you're going to get somebody, you're going to get the wrong kind of attention. And it's like, the fact that that guy went out of his way on this interview to say, like, I'm not going to forget. I'm going to keep going after them. It's like, and on that's, top of that, uh-huh. he basically admitted what we all know, and that AEW is the better place to be. He straight up said that we're naturally rooting for them. Well, he didn't like, say it's the better point, place to be. He's saying that he roots for them because it brings back competition, which doesn't give them as much power. Is, is more or less, I'm paraphrasing there again, but that's what he's basically right. saying. The advantage of having another company so that they don't get away with everything. There's certain things they can't do anymore. Like as much as we've seen things get out of control, imagine if there was no AEW. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They'd be able to go nuts because where would you go? If they're still trying to now because they're we, still under the veil that they're still the number one place to be. We lived through it. Think about it. We lived through it. 2018, 2019. Well, 2018 and 2017, rather. We lived through what it's like, that world. There was no AEW. And yet it was Ring of Honor New Japan. But you know what? It was a struggle. Like they had American market control to an alarming point. It didn't help the TNA was shit. It kind of sort of enforced WWE's philosophy. Because when you have a secondary company that has talent like AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and Kazarian and Samoa Joe and they're bombing, it does make it, it sort of wins their argument of going, you see, without our creative, even the best talent doesn't work. And it wasn't so much that they were right as it was the TNA was shitty at that time. Yeah. But it didn't force that philosophy in everyone's minds, including workers, staff that, hey, you know, they have AJ Styles. If this guy's so great, you know, if all these people here are so great, how come they're not getting over? became the thing and it was because the booking sucked it wasn't because wwe had superior booking but their booking was that bad they just didn't realize what they had because those talents hadn't made names for themselves yet and only people who were recognizing their work saw that they were going to but all tna cared about was names and that's what hurt them there so you look at it here and uh there's an actual threat for the first time to the american market where someone can quit and wind up on the other show again like the good old days someone could lex luger you I'm a Luger you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just pop up, walk down the ramp. And they don't like and, that shit, man. That's a scary thought for them. One of the things I could tell you as someone who's watched this my entire life, that there's nothing that they fucking dislike more than when someone from their branch walks down another ramp randomly without anybody knowing ahead of time. They hate that shit. You want to piss them off? Then when you pop up, out of nowhere that pisses those guys off and they 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 expose themselves because their own documentaries talk about how they felt when that luger shit happened they acted like somebody died go back and watch the monday night wars they talked about it when they were when they put them in that little hot seat and have them talk about how how they felt everybody felt like shit not one person said that they shrugged it off in none of those monday night wars do they ever talk about it like during the whole thing we were just like shrugging it off like we're wwe we don't care about any of this they talked about how they were sweating and shitting bricks now we're supposed to believe that that very mentality is gone? No, they are scared. 
And you know what the funny thing about it is when we get in AEW, it happened again. Oh yeah, no, it did happen again. We're probably gonna, yeah. you know, I know you guys know already. But yeah, it happened to them again. And, it's already and, the, the self fulfilling prophecy. Prophecy. And the funny thing about it is, this everything has gone. We've talked about it before. Everything has gone down in this pandemic. It's the worst thing that could happen to them because now it goes beyond. Oh, the booking's bad. It's just the treatment's terrible. So at this point, people are going anywhere and instantly enjoying themselves better. Like game over. <laughs> but the bigger problem they, here, and to me, sorry to interrupt you, but the bigger problem here I, that really worries me is uh I'm looking at the uh the 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 medical insurance thing, because medical insurance is a big deal. You know what I mean? As an American, we all know this. That is a big deal. Serious. I'm looking at this medical insurance independent contractor thing a lot like the JTG employee thing or even the Bull Dallas employee thing to be more current. Worse, like the only reason why this is still happening is because no one with power has looked in this direction. Maybe someone should make a clock counting up how long WWE superstars have been employed without medical insurance and just have that shit ticking somewhere in the world and see if it ruffles somebody's feathers because I bet you it will. You joke. Somebody out there really do it too. I bet you it will. Well, you know, I'll tell Andrew Yang, hey, Andrew Yang, can we get a clock counting that shit up? Please. We'll come on here every week. Like, where's the clock at this week? But that's the problem. They had, they have this quiet little secret and, uh, they're, they're exposing themselves. You know what I mean? And it's funny because you don't understand the amount of money that it would cost them if somebody changed those rules on them. Like, if somebody looked over there and went, Hey, put that down. That's all it really is. It's just a kid playing on the other side of the yard with toys that don't belong to them. Can you fucking imagine what will happen if they get unionized? All because they were being salty about some shirts and streams. And I don't want to hear that they weren't being salty about the streams because they weren't fucking clear. It sounds to me, I got the impression just from the way that the news came out, that they meant what we originally came on here with. And then things got too hot and they went, well, you know what? The Twitch, what we mean really is that the Twitch streams with your name, it's the names. Like they sound like they got scared. They got scurred at the last minute and backpedaled. Oh, yeah, back How could you I be? As, in the you, the, they tell us whenever someone gets suspended. They tell us whenever somebody loses a contract. They tell us they disclose full information in political detail and very corporate very professional detail and that vague memo that didn't specify they have sheets that talk about all the words here's a list of all the words you are not allowed to say belt you know what i mean (laughs) strap here's a list of all the words we would like you to say like wwe universe here's a list of all the angles we would like you to look at here's a list of all the poses we would like you to do here's a list of all the podcasts we would like you not to go on here's a you know what i mean and you're fucking telling me that with as much detail as they put into every single thing they didn't have an emphasis on this third party ban with a list underneath of all the places this includes twitch this includes pro wrestling tees why were they why was there such a lack of transparency when they released that memo which just caused chaos and confusion. They're full of shit. They know what they meant. They wanted to see the extent of which they would have gotten away with that shit. They put, they dipped their toes into the lava is what happened there. And got burned instantly. Whenever they've <laughs> wanted something to not be done, they've listed that shit. We've brought all kinds of lists on here. Here are the things that we mean exactly. Fingernails, toes, mustache, nose hairs. They don't care. They'll just list whatever the fuck they want. Even going into the buildings. The size of the purse that you can carry into a building as a woman. So you fucking telling me that they didn't know in detail what they meant by third party ban? That's so vague. 
Why was there not the, the usually accompanied list that specifies exactly what the fuck you mean like there is with everything else? You see, it's, that, that's the kind of gameplay I'm talking about. And that, that made them get basically a lot of targets in their crosshairs, you know? Oh, yeah. A lot of stupidity. Why do you care so much about that? Then on the other hand, it's like they don't really protect Kayfabe. I could understand if they were a company. As an old school mentality guy, I could understand if they were a company who respected Kayfabe. And it was like, this is pissing us off that we have these storylines going on that we we take very seriously. And he, Rusev is on Twitch with Lana, like when we, you know, we never break kayfabe. Whatever. But you're not like that. You guys are so full of shit. Your whole thing is kayfabe. The whole entire company breaks kayfabe constantly to a point that makes no sense to me, to a point that anybody watching that goes for, to, to the immersion like I would as a fan, you guys look stupid. You've gotten your, 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 your current demographic so used to going in and out of kayfabe that people don't even think about how stupid you look doing it. Think about the times that we've seen the 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 authority and they've been like nasty and evil villainous characters that have done terrible shit stephanie's out there slapping the big show talking about how he's not going to live as long his lifespan shorter than most people so you should try to make and then he no fire triple last. Hugging kid in the front and then row fucking scene later they're out there with connor are you fucking kidding me right now like wait a minute i get that there's a kayfabe and that there's an understanding here that you guys all oh, this is all just performance and everything but then you can't flip it on the other side and then say that you don't want the wrestlers to portray these characters because of the the they have to keep they have to protect their their uh characters or their images or whatever the stupid excuse wording is that they use because at the end of the day we've seen way too many things like that way 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 too many things like that triple h didn't triple h like get his ass kicked like he he was in a think about the wrestlemania where he's fighting sting right it's this crazy battle like even though it was a shitty mm-hmm. match and shitty booking like it's this crazy battle is what they're going for right you got triple h versus sting and it got to the point it elevated to the level where the nwo came out. i don't know why the nwo would come out to save sting that's the strangest thing I've, I've i've ever heard in my life but for whatever reason the nwo comes out to save sting and DX comes out to save her. That big warring match happened. Sledgehammers were used, everything. Remember at the end, that moment where everybody, the two factions come together in the ring and the guys are like all fucked up and walking like, you know, like they all beat up from after the match and they'll kind of give each other props and they carry them out together and they all leave like as a unit. Okay, so then the next fucking segment, like Triple H is back in his suit in the ring with Stephanie and they're doing the thing with Ronda. Like they're back to regular authority, like the regular versions of themselves. Like, like come on. Like it didn't just happen. Like it just, didn't you just, you were the Triple H, you were the game a little while ago. Remember you left here with the click and with Sting? And now you're back here with Steph in your fucking suit. Like you showered, you're all cleaned up again already. Like get out of here. <laughs> you're not even sore. You don't even look like you're, you, you just fought Sting. The icon Sting. And you're just out here just with your fucking hands folded in front of your fucking like i hate the way they look you know what i mean there's no kayfabe here there's no fucking kayfabe whatsoever but then they're gonna worry about people's images suddenly out of nowhere and that's what i mean by if they gave a shit about that at any point before now i would at least be able to meet them halfway but i always see the opposite of that happening they don't care at all so it's just a poor excuse to have control over people it used to be like that back in the days with a lot of the territories and in the, you know what I mean? And if, if you got, if you did something that broke your character or they saw you together, babyface and heel got caught together, they would fire you. But it hasn't been like that because they haven't cared at all. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are in the feud. Everyone knows that they're roomies and shit. You know what I mean? The Iconics broke up and, and like one turned on the other, but they're still talking openly about it. Like everybody, there's no kayfabe. It's too late to be a company that has kayfabe. People Way need to understand kayfabe fucking dead. It's been dead. It's not coming back. Don't sit there and try to act 
like it's even relevant in this day and age. But they don't think that it is. They just want to. They just go. They're wherever they need to be whenever they need to say something. It's the most convenient spot in the world. It's a sport taken seriously when they want to interact with sports and be treated like a sport. But it's just entertainment when they don't want to be subjected to certain rules or obligations that sports have. You know, but they got to stay in kayfabe when it benefits them and they control your contract. But you could break kayfabe if it somehow doesn't benefit or affect them. It's just whatever the fuck works at the moment. It's the easiest thing to do. It's like if I walked up to somebody and punched them in the face and then just immediately went, that wasn't me. That was my character. I'm not my character anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And then I hit them again. That was my character that time. Like if they would even allow for the shit, you know? Like, (laughs) like you can't do that. You cannot do that. That's cheating. You cannot have an in and out of character. It's unbelievable, man. What a fucking company. You've never heard of that anywhere else. They're so freaking nitpicky. Yeah, this all could have been solved if they brought back the ice cream bars. But you know what? They'd have to bring it back with the actual names of the people. You couldn't. You <laughs> like what, uh, which ice cream bar do we get? Do we get Selena Vega ice cream bar? Thea Trinidad. How's it going to work? I dare you fucking just give just Selena Vega one. What? And that's, do we, do we get the Xavier ones? Do we get the Austin Green? This is a good question. Can they have their own ice cream bars? And I mean, like outside of that, like if somebody decides to make. The way they make pro wrestling tees.com, they make pro wrestling ice cream.com. And wrestlers really, can come know, to them and have their own ice cream. Made. Are you allowed to have your own ice cream shop? That's what I want to know. Can they do independent fucking ice cream? Fuck the bars. I want the shop. <laughs> it is incredible. This company is the biggest mark for them fucking sell. It's crazy. You sign your soul away practically. You know? I, love, I, love, I love how AJ had the nerve to hop on their stream. Oh, you know what's changing? Fucking what changes? Maybe for you. I'm still waiting for that McMahon promise. Things are going to be different. No, it feels the fucking same. Wait, no, actually, no. It is different. It's worse. AJ's lucky. He has that uh, he has that Jericho path that he kind of went down, where it was like, there's the guy from that other company that's never going to make it here, and he made it so much that he's considered one of their guys now. Like they forget AJ Styles. Like they, as Vince McMahon probably thinks he invented the phenomenal AJ Styles. I think that's what happens with certain guys. If you get lucky enough and if you work with Vince long enough, he forgets you ever anywhere else. As far as he's concerned, he created Y2J, Chris Jericho. He invented the phenomenal AJ Styles. All these guys are his. After a while, stay there long enough, he'll forget. You know? You know, I got to suck around and show him lockdown 2005. Where the fuck was this? You know? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I remember even even Lou Gallo said it, didn't he? He was like that he doesn't want anybody to remember, like remind him that him be like you were Festus. <laughs> you know, he keeps it under his hat. Vince probably doesn't remember that shit. So that's the way that it works, more or less. But yeah, they put themselves in the radar. A lot of heat right now. As much as we're laughing and joking and sort of making fun of it, it's not funny, you know. And they do have major heat, and a lot more people Ooh, are going to be looking. Even if it's just to gain political edge, you have to understand that there's an advantage to that. There's an advantage to whether you're left or right or them or Republic or whatever. If you just said, hey, you know what people would like? They'd like if I attack this. That's that's what politics is. Attacking shit people want you to attack so that they support you. Right? This guy And this guy picked a hell of a target. <laughs> yeah, somebody who's a wrestling fan. Because this guy also talks on here about how big of a wrestling fan he is. All the different wrestling he watches and shit. So that, unfortunately, they have somebody who's involved in politics who's who knows. It's not like he's just some guy who generally has an idea. He's watching the shit. Like, he understands it like the way we're talking about it. They're in trouble now. They have literally, at this point, there's no recovery. They've got the wrong pair of eyes on him. And that eyes are going to get even more eyes on them. At this point, like I said before, it's downhill until eventually the train crashes. But you know what? This was always going to happen to them. It's not like, even if they didn't do what they did, one day, 
someone was going to look over here and be like, hey, look what you guys are doing. This isn't the way that these laws work or something was going to fucking happen. What they did was they sped up the process in the worst possible time. You know? Yes, yeah, so is right. He's a fan, but it's even worse. He's a fan that can actually do something. He has power that a lot of these fans do not have. Like, he's what we need. Somebody who can actually make some kind of a difference and actually get some kind of change in this. Back in the day? Two, I was going to say, because there's going to be two types of changes, and I'm okay with one. Either one, these guys get the treatment they deserve, or two, company goals. Either way, I'm excited. <laughs> Back in the day, if a guy like that existed, like in the old school days, that they knew was someone who sort of was SJW, but at the same time, uh, a fan, you know what they would have done, right? Put him on WrestleMania? Yeah. You see, you know. You <laughs> fucking know. Joking. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding, ding. If this was a game show, you won the <laughs> ultimate prize. That is exactly, they would have, that's exactly what the fuck they would have done. If they would have given this guy WrestleMania. They would have given him WrestleMania, Survivor, so he would have just gotten season tickets. He would have been there right now. But unfortunately, what are they going to do? Offer him to be in the Thunderdome? <laughs> like, they, they don't even have that kind of stroke now. Get the fifth screen to the left, we'll, right? We'll, behind you, we'll put you on the Thunderdome. Like, fuck, I bet they wish they could have tickets. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're really pushing for those live fans back like man we can't even offer tickets anymore he's probably pissed because of how they treated nakamura god shane yeah i'm sure damn it shane oh <sighs> yeah have fun guys <laughs> you know fucked up <laughs> and nobody here feels bad for you oh my god but yeah they can't even bribe him with tickets he gotta be on the thunderdome that's all we got we got thunderdome tickets for you which I think that's an awful idea, that Thunderdome shit. Like, not not as far as uh, them doing it. Like, good for them. They're willing to do it. I mean, as far as uh, us doing it. Like, people like me. Like, if you're able to do it and be on there and take yourself seriously, then good for you. Or maybe not take yourself seriously. Because I just find the entire thing ridiculous. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, you're in your house. You're the only one in your house screaming. No matter how much you're trying to make the effect there. In reality, back here, outside of the Matrix, outside of your plug... You're just screaming in your fucking seat. It's even funnier when you don't live by yourself. Yeah, they say, "What?" I, I, I've no, noticed no, when I look around some of the screens, you can tell who has sleeping people in their house. Yeah. Uh, who is this guy here? Because somebody reported their experience on the Thunderdome. This was Busted Open Radio's Dave Lagreca, and he basically said that five minutes before two or five live starts, they kind of give you a lowdown. They say to try to not use any signs unless it's show related, and that they don't want any vulgar, obscene gestures or anything like that, and to keep it clean and be animated. And uh, you never know when you're going to be on, so just be animated as loud as possible. <laughs> and uh, they don't want anything objectionable. And then when the show starts, they say that uh, you have about 30 seconds and to get it loud, you're going to be on TV, get animated. Uh, they'll even tell you that there's some of you in the dark room, try to get some overhead lighting so that they could see your faces better. And uh, he says that the reason he wanted to report this is because a lot of people said that they're coaching on what to do and what to say and who to cheer for. And then you get into the show and he's saying you hear them say, let's hear how you feel about Roman Reigns or Paul Heyman or here comes Sasha Banks and Bailey. Tell us what you think. Not once during the whole experience that he was a part of for the two hours of of uh, SmackDown and the 205 Live Hour. Uh, is that what it was? Not once during the whole time that they say, all right, here comes Big E. Let's have everybody cheer. Here comes Universal Champion Roman Reigns. He's a heel, so boo. He said that never happened during the experience. He says, if you're seeing social media that they're coaching you on how to, to feel, it did not happen. They don't coach you. They coach you to be excited and to be animated. 
So that's really all that the coaching is there. Kind of. So even that they do the bare minimum. Well, they shouldn't be coaching you on how to feel. You know, they shouldn't be micromanaging. You know, you want to have a, a real life experience at least as much as you possibly can. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they couldn't even bribe this guy to be in the Thunderdome. Then they'd probably be stupid enough to give him instructions too. They'd be like, "Hey, by the way, Andrew Yang, we know that we uh gave you this thing, but try to be animated and excited. <laughs> if you get excited, get excited. Get excited. Write it down. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> get animated and excited. Oh, man. So Eric Bischoff spoke on his podcast in regards to what WWE did, putting themselves on the radar uh, by doing this. And this is what he had to say. It can backfire. It can back. You know, here's, you know, oh, God, I'm so hesitant to say this because I don't want to stir up a hornet's nest, but it's true and it's timely and it's already been out there. So I'm not starting something. I'm commenting on it. That's me rationalizing getting into this conversation. Um, Let's do it. Look, here's what can happen. All right. Professional wrestling across the board, sports entertainment, call whatever the fuck you want to call it. Any wrestling company out there has a distinct advantage when they're producing television in that there are no unions. There's no screen actors guild. There's no writers guild. Right. There's, 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 unless you go to a union city like Las Vegas or New York City or someplace, you know, there's certain areas, Chicago, for example, where the unions are really strong. You still have to deal with unions, but your talent, your core talent, you don't. And to be able to classify talent as independent contractors is a big advantage. In the industry across the board, not just for WWE, it is a big advantage. And I've seen people this week, you know, in social media commenting on this situation, you know, oh, we need a, you know, wrestlers need a union. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. Right. Because that shit can come back to kill you. It sounds good on paper. It sounds really, really good. I'm getting protected. I'm going to get free this. I'm going to get health insurance. And I get it, man. I've gone a year and a half or two years ago. I had to go without, you know, health insurance. Things got tight for me. And, you know, a couple business decisions didn't go my way and cash flow dried up. And, you know, I'm 58, 60, 60, whatever it was, 62 years old at the time was not a great age to go without health insurance, but I had no choice. Um, so I know how that feels, but I also knows, know what happens when you unionize and you change the entire compensation structure for such an important part of the wrestling business across the boards. Same is going to be true for AEW if this kind of talk keeps going. And I, and I would encourage talent to really think long and hard about whether or not they would want to be unionized. Because while it sounds good in the beginning, the unintended consequences of it especially the financial consequences of it and how it affects a producer's ability to deliver um, is it, it could be really dramatically affected. Uh, and I think what WWE has done by coming out and, you know, putting a, 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 the hammer down on these third party appearances is drawing number one, drawing attention to the independent contractor status of, of, of the roster and if you go down, if you Googled, for example, you know, criteria to be 
be an independent contractor and you kind of look at, you know, policies and procedures and things that take place in wrestling, you're going to have a hard time justifying that independent contractor status. I mean, if, if, and when it's, it's a matter of when it's not a matter of if I've been saying this for decades, that's the one real vulnerability in, in the industry is if, and when somebody makes a move to either unionize or challenge the independent contractor status in a way that forces wrestling companies to classify talent as employees, that's going to have a dramatic financial impact on the industry and not necessarily a good one. So be careful what you wish for. But I think, I, I think drawing attention to it, I mean, who, who was the political um, Andrew candidate? Yang. Uh, Andrew Yang, I think came out specifically you know, calling out WWE uh, uh, because of their independent contractor status and the controversy that this most recent edict created. I, it's not good. So, uh, yeah, you hear from Bischoff there. Yeah. And he's he's right. I, I said that last week. They drew bad attention to themselves. And unfortunately, I think it would hurt the whole industry, not just WWE, because AEW would have to fork out that money, too. A lot of these yeah. places would if they're if they're doing similar things. It all it all really depends. You know, but something of that magnitude, that could hurt a lot of people. So yeah, it would be cool because on one hand it's kinda like, yeah, WWE, they finally got screwed over, but it would also hurt all of the wrestlers in WWE and across the board because it's a lot of money. The difference between having an independent contractor and having an employee, and that's the reason why they do that. So uh this is just something to keep in mind where it's like a, where we're in some really uncharted territory now. I've heard people, old, old school guys say that if the business ever needed, got unionized, that it would just end. And they were like dead serious. <sighs> it's fucking nuts. Yeah. It's unfortunate is what it is. They just couldn't be happy, you know, couldn't be happy mm-hmm. with what they had. They want to put a title on something, but then they don't want to actually treat it as a title. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to call somebody an independent contractor. They're an independent fucking contractor. No ifs, hands, or buts about it. No sideways, no loopholes, nothing. Yeah. No, this wouldn't so. be an issue if they would have just kept the shit the way it's supposed to be. But no, they had to be in control because they're them. <sighs> so now we're going to see how this affects everybody, whether it be negative or positive. Mm-hmm. If WWE is smart, and this is the only thing that might be able to salvage things, they would relinquish any control that they have from the wrestlers from this day forward that makes them not be independent contractors. That way, if an investigation is done, they can see that the business practices have changed and that these guys have all the freedom of an independent contractor. But I don't know if they're smart enough to preemptively do that. Oh, I doubt it. Clean up your <laughs> shit before they start looking. They probably already started looking. It was seen. I feel like if they were, I feel like if they were smart enough, it wouldn't have taken this to change anything. Well, that might be why now they're telling everybody to go on Twitch, go be free. But no one, them, there's probably some little loophole in there that they want everybody I'll make sure you keep quiet about this part but tell them we said go on Twitch oh garbage like hey AJ get on there tell them to say go on Twitch mm-hmm. alright well back in the news is your homeboy the performance center stalker <laughs> let me see what the hell this is Maybe he's in retribution because apparently the security guys if that's the case apparently he wrote a letter is that letter is that the letter next to his head in this image oh no this man's handwriting though he wrote a letter so this is for wwe's attorney that he wrote this letter and uh it was a seven page handwritten letter (laughs) this first page was was acquired by wrestling inc 
and he apologizes for everything he's done against WWE. And he said his intentions were never to hurt the business. Let me get a better shot of this letter on screen, first of all. <laughs> Brace your eyes, kids. This one's rough. Yeah, give me a minute here. I got to check this out. <laughs> Look at the oh, fucking chicken shit. scratch. Motherfucker, like he tried to write that letter as he was getting tased. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Look at that shit. What is what is that in the middle? He never, his intention was never to hurt the business. He also said that all he ever wanted was to make superstars laugh because they entertained him for years. And he talked about frustrations in his life and a lot of his peers passing him by. Good Lord. Oh, he needs to learn yeah, script. Eyes are just looking at it. I got to look away. I can't. Look at that. Like yo, if, like, yo, if I decipher this, do I level up? Like, what the fuck? Look at this. Like, look at the way the words kind of go up and down. They travel like they're flying Yo, across the sky. They're all bouncing off each other and shit. Isn't like, it weird? Like, look at the top where it says WrestleMania 24, the second line. Isn't it astounding how the 24 looks like it's squashing the line underneath it? Yet the line underneath it hadn't been written yet. So that means when he got to the 24, he squished it under what? Because there was nothing to squeeze it under if there was another space below that. Yo, <laughs> I would... <laughs> I would have to respect my points and put everything up towards intelligence to worry this shit. Look at this shit. What the fuck? <laughs> like, okay. damn health, damn strength, damn self. It's all going to intelligence. Our education system has failed that young man. Ooh. No child left behind, but leave that motherfucker. <laughs> that must have been Holy great. Shit. I bet that that was some fucking uh, water cooler conversations <laughs> over in that courthouse. <laughs> It took me to just realize. I thought that was a handwriting. No, that was the wrestling logo. Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? That's terrible. <laughs> Not good at all. Oh my god! Water cooler conversations. I was like, water cooler handwriting. Like, what the- all right, well let's move. Yes, he's right. It was seven pages. That shit. <laughs> seven pages, right? Lord, I had tapped out on page half. But his his trial doesn't come. He's still in jail. His trial is not until sometime in November. So that's what it is. He has a lot of spare time to write seven pages. They should leave him there regretting that shit. You know what I mean? They should make him eat that, you know, because that's what he needs. Think about how many times this guy's been arrested. You know, I would leave him in there till the following November. I'd I'd make sure that he's nice and 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 regretful. Because you see how sorry he is now? I want him to always be that fucking sorry. If that makes any sense. I want him to be apologetic yeah. for the rest of his life. I want him to be Shawshank Redemption sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's stalking people, you know? I want you to be Shawshank Redemption sorry, motherfucker. Not just sorry. He's been in jail how many times since we've been reporting on this guy for stalking in the WWE? Let's see, what, two, three, I think? I don't even know. I've lost count. Like I said, I want him to be Shawshank Redemption sorry after this. Oh, my God. You never do that shit again. You'll be terrified that you'll spend another couple of years in jail. Terrified of that shit. Actually, I think about it. I don't know how much good that'll do WWE now. Because if he could be sitting there watching the product, he's like, well, Redemption got in. They have security on TV every week. Thank you for the whole NY Zemmies. Zemmies. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. You know, I never turned on our freaking notifications here. I'm such a scrub. Like, yeah, we had to handle some business, you know. To pay these bills and shit. 
Yeah, no, I went straight into the news. I didn't turn on any of the little bells yeah. and whistles. I got it on now. We just rolled yeah. straight into that bitch. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let's go. Now I got shit to do. Let's roll. <laughs> I ain't got time for this shit. Oh, you follow Kling. That's who you're getting on. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring up the uh, I'll bring up the cues now in case I missed anybody recently, so we can uh, fix that right up. Anyway, last week one of the Viking raiders put up his own axe. Oh Remember that? Very rare you see somebody put yep, up their own axe. Hansen. Was it Hansen? Yeah, that was Hansen. Which one's Ivar? Ivar. That is uh. That's Hansen, right? Yeah, yeah, that's Hansen. Okay, see, I don't. That's what throws me off. I hate the, I hate the fucking uh, Ivar. Oh yeah, I, I, I literally just call them Hansen and Row. I refuse to give them the fucking little marquee corporate names. Like, no, that's Hansen and fucking Row. That's War Machine. Damn it. Yeah, makes more sense. I acknowledge their unnecessary ass changes. Yeah, his so his injury is serious, and he's gonna need to have neck surgery. He's gonna be in Alabama. Yeah. Actually, yeah, as of today, he's in Alabama. Uh, yeah, from surgery. what I've heard, it's actually he's been having neck issues for a while, and I think this like that what happened last week pretty much like kicked everything into high gear. Where it's like, okay, now you need to get this shit fixed, like now. Right, right. You know what's another idea though that they could have as a rule, since they like writing things on little pieces dives. of paper and shit. Uh, when you're having neck issues, just take dives out of your repertoire for a little while. How about just don't dive? And if you're gonna dive, here's a little rule, and this is a trick that we've known for years. Uh, you can save spots like that for these monthly events that we do called pay-per-views, right? That way they're even bigger deals because we don't need to see you do a dive on a fucking three and a half minute match. That doesn't even but make any you sense have to neck me. Issues. The whole point of a dive is this thing's been going on. Things have blown into chaos. We've been on here forever. Everybody's hot. Dive. Not three and a half minutes and then there's a fucking commercial break about KFC. This book like shit, you know, like why, why risk yourself for weekly? I get that you want to put exciting things on Raw all the time, but not every segment needs that shit. And the sad part about it is, it's almost the way you fight for your fucking spot on this show. Because if you're not willing to almost kill yourself, they don't give a shit. It's probably why Bo's not on TV now because he's not willing to dive every week. I don't know. Poor guy hurt himself just to keep his fucking spot. Because the way this tag team's garbage ass, this garbage ass tag team division is, you almost gotta do that. I don't know if you've noticed, they've broken up like five teams in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, they hate teams. I told you. Guys I'm just that. saying, like they at this point, I, if it wasn't for that, I'd have blamed them more. That dude's trying. That dude damn near broke his neck trying to make sure the team stayed alive. I've always God said help WWE, if they like Ray, Ray more than him. I've always said WWE hates factions and stables, whereas AEW loves them. Almost everybody's in one. Everybody, you're either in the inner circle they'll, they'll, or you're in the elite <laughs> or you're in the new four horsemen that are coming out or you're the. You know, de- like, <laughs> I, I've, no, I've noticed, I've noticed that I can't be here in WWE. They take you out of a tag team to avoid having to use you in AEW. They put you in a tag team just to give you something to do. Yeah, they'll they'll put twelve of you in a, in a team. They don't even care. They have the nightmare just family. To, just, just, just they to make have sure the uh, they have the uh, the Eddie Kingston buddies. They have all kinds of this groups, just people hanging out together, tons and tons of faction. Almost no one's not in a faction. And you know what's funny about this? As much as sometimes we give them shit, like example, Dark Order too. At least what they yeah, even, I didn't like, even hey, mention the Dark Order, and that's another faction. Yeah. Right like how many others? You all know what's funny about this? At least it's in the intention to pay. Give yeah, them something to do. Whereas WWE, they break up tags and just so it's less they have to do. There has to be a happy medium, though. Yeah, maybe another company. I think that there needs to be just something that that leads to them. A little bit better than that. Like actual effort? Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying, remember how everybody was excited about that Cedric Alexander Ricochet run? Yeah, that turned out well. All right, well, in a bit of sad news, 
apparently Stevie Lee, aka Puppet the Psycho Dwarf, has passed away. Yeah, I, I remember Puppet. But... Yeah, this was Wednesday. This past Wednesday. I expected to. Like, it came out of nowhere. He was an Impact Wrestling guy, right? Yeah, he's shown up a lot of places. Actually, he's shown up in Impact and done stuff. Uh, he was in uh, Jackass 3D. He's He's been kind of all over the place. Doesn't matter where it's been. You've seen him at least once at some point. Yeah, well, that sucks. Yeah, yeah rest in peace, puppet. Yeah, thoughts and prayers. And it's a bad week for TNA because it's not the only passing. They have also lost Barry Scott. You guys may or may not be familiar with Barry Scott. But he is the voice of TNA for many years when you yep. hear the voice talking about their recaps and their pay-per-view. If you, remember if you ever remember mm-hmm. from the intros, TNA, We Are Wrestling, that's Barry Scott. Yeah, he was that intense voice they used whenever they were getting a match over, like in the video packages. If you ever noticed, there's a very distinctive voice that TNA had for that. You don't really hear anywhere else. And that was the guy who did all of their TNA wrestling stuff. And now he's gone. So, uh, that one, that's a big hit. Like that one, who, when I realized who, because I always knew that guy, but I could never stick the name. When I heard about this one, oh, that one rocked me. Yeah. Is there a way we can, uh, I don't know if I can get a, a, a sound drop of his. I didn't have one prepared, but you could probably find a ton of them in reality. Like I remember, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's not the biggest one usually, but um, I had owned uh, Abyss's DVD, Doomsday, The Best of Abyss. They had a really cool, I guess you could almost say career recap up until that period of time. And he did that. And I remember he sold the absolute shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah, like that. That's, yeah, Shane, that's powerful. You don't forget that dude. Once you hear him the first time, it sticks with you forever. Like if there was anybody. TNA Wrestling crossed the line. 2007 wasn't just a number it was the six-sided ring six sides of steel yeah you guys remember that voice oh i got chills <laughs> damn it barry i miss you buddy <laughs> yeah don't worry i only stopped it because it has a cool video to it i want to bring up the whole thing yeah because he's actually in the video i didn't know that when i went for it it's not the greatest quality i just happened to come across it but uh DNA Wrestling crossed the line. 2007 wasn't just a number. It was the six-sided ring. Six sides of steel. Elevation X, king of the mountain. It was the biggest falls. Spills, hits, fits, and holy... This year, it was the biggest year in TNA Wrestling history. No doubts. You don't question it. That's a fact. Welcome as TNA Wrestling Home Video presents the best of TNA 2007. I'm your host, Barry Scott. And over the next three hours, we are going to take a long look back at what made TNA the best professional wrestling organization in sports today. You voted, and now we honor the winners from categories such as 2007 TNA Finisher, 2007 TNA Women's Knockout, 2007 TNA X Division Superstar, 2007 TNA Tag Team, 2017 TNA MVP, Most Valuable Player, Player, 
and many more. In addition to the year-end awards, we'll also look back at the top seven matches of 2007, featuring TNA superstars Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, Sting, and AJ Styles, as well as TNA's signature bouts, the King of the Mountain, and the Ultimate X. Sit back and enjoy the best of TNA from 2007, starting with the number seven match on our countdown. The match that literally took the feud between AJ Styles and Rhino to new heights in TNA Wrestling, Elevation X. Ladies and gentlemen, Destination X continues with the Elevation X. So, yeah. <laughs> man, Barry was the man. That was cool. I remember that voice, man. It was like literally it was all the TNA stuff. So if you ever needed somebody to get you hype, that was your go-to guy. It only impact had him. Yeah. That's a damn shame. Oh yeah. <sighs> what a wreck. So uh in a bit of good news for WWE, they won that concussion lawsuit. We've been covering it on here for years. <sighs> Forgot uh, that thing existed. But yeah, apparently the judge said that there wasn't substantial evidence to prove that WWE knew concussions um, had a heightened risk. And uh, WWE was really quick to basically shake their asses at that one with a statement saying, for nearly six years, WWE was subjected to stale and frivolous claims brought by... Constantine Kairos, whose misconduct triggered countless judicial opinions along the way. Today, the Second Circuit put an end to his pattern of baseless litigation, leaving open only the question of how much he must now pay to WWE as a sanction for his misconduct. We are grateful for the attention paid to these cases by the numerous federal judges who oversaw the litigation and to the Second Circuit for its decision. So, there you go. Don't sue them because then you have to pay them for that shit. <laughs> and they said it in the most villainous voice that they could, didn't they? At least that's the way I heard it. So they even got court money. Think about that. They probably ruined that dude. Unbelievable. They save money everywhere. You sue them and they get you with the counterclaim. Now he has to pay money. You know, that's what they basically were saying. And if anybody didn't understand what the layman's terms were, they were like, you know what? We've been putting up with this shit for a lot of years. This one asshole attorney went around to a bunch of different wrestlers who have concussions and tried to get them all to be his clients at the same time and start a class action lawsuit. And together, he banded this fucking group together and basically said, if we all band together, we can take WWE to court with our unified resources. So for years, we've been putting up with this bullshit. But finally, we proved that they're all full of shit. And now our only question is, how much are the courts going to charge them for us having to put up to this shit? That's exactly what they were saying. But they said it in a very nice way. So more money for them. Ching, ching, WWE. Ching, ching. <laughs> I know you hate that, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, hey, it'll all come back around eventually. I'll be all right. Yeah, you're just waiting for the karma day, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what if it never comes, man? Get ready. It might never come. People have died waiting for it. I'll be smiling in the afterlife. <laughs> damn, man. Damn, damn, damn. Fucking come fucking show up at somebody's doorstep with a haunted mirror. Ooh, sucks, doesn't it? All right. One, a bit of other news. I found this interesting story. You hear about Crazy Steve? Yeah, this was fucking nuts. Yeah. So Crazy Steve, apparently, according to him, he's blind. 
Yeah, he is uh, legally blind. He said that's news to some people because as of recently, I just came out advertising it. I'm making that part of the advertisement to Crazy Steve. He is the real life version of Daredevil because I can't see and I'm able to do what I do. Before that, I never told anybody I was blind because I didn't want to be part of the thing. I wanted to be known as a good wrestler. I wanted to be known as someone you can work with and is cool, a cool character and who knows his character meets the criteria of a wrestler. I wanted to have the first and, and I didn't want the tagline that he is blind. I guess it comes from my pride. I'm blind. I was born totally blind. At a young age, I found out I had con- cataracts. When I was born, I was two pounds and I had to be put in an incubator. They removed the cataracts at a young age, so I was able to somewhat see. I always had giant glasses. I can't drive. I also have glaucoma. As I get older, my eyes continue to get worse. I'm the Michael Jordan of not seeing. I am really, really good at it. The way he wrestled, because I watched him from literally the menagerie to freaking decay, and some of the stuff on the indies, you would have never known. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> what the fuck? That is unbelievable. That is quite the revelation. I mean, props for him for being, for even building up the cars to share that, but it's like, holy shit. Uh, if you say so. I mean, <laughs> shit. I'm just shocked more than anything. Right? I, I mean, I guess if he's safe enough to do, we know he's able to. Yeah, we never hear about Steve ever hurting anybody, so. Interesting. Well, it goes to show you amazing things still happen in this world. Yeah. Uh, it's not just WWE winning concussion lawsuits. <laughs> no, but they're definitely happy about that. Just going to throw that out there. Got to be happy about something. Uh, unfortunately, we're hearing that the concert that Fozzie played at has been linked to a bunch of coronavirus cases, huh? Yeah, I've heard. Um, definitely something came out of that one. Yeah, that's not good. That's the last thing that we need to hear here. But yeah, apparently, uh, they took precautions being reported. They took precautions during their show, but, uh, they, there was apparently whatever the rally was they were at contributed to about 250,000 new COVID cases. So I think it still might be too soon to be doing these kind of things, you know, just because yeah. of the fact that cases continue to multiply. You know, things of this nature. Yeah. Still too soon. Still too soon. Why don't we just not do it? You know what I mean? Don't have to do that shit. Please be careful out there. Eve Torres actually recently came forward. She released a statement saying that she and her family have tested positive. So, you know, this thing is still very much out here. People, even celebrities, people who are practicing social distancing at this point are taking are in that situation. You know, she said, I debated sharing this as it still feels raw and personal right now, but I really believe in sharing both the good and the tough with our community. My husband, Reiner, tested positive for COVID last Wednesday in the beginning of our vacation at Utah with my family. We all returned home immediately. I have now tested positive and my two-year-old son, Renson, has had a fever, who we also assume to be positive. We have a great support system and great vitamin supplement regimen, and we know many of you may have already battled with this virus and all the weight that comes with it. We welcome your positive thoughts for us and family as we are hoping to be on the other side of this soon. So look at that. Even her kid, two-year-old kid caught it. Ain't nobody safe in this thing. No, no one is. You gotta be as careful as you possibly, possibly can. Yeah, it's the smartest thing to do. So, uh, there's been an update with Sonya Deville's stalker. Apparently, he has gone to court and he's pled not guilty to everything. From what we're hearing here. He has three felony charges. Aggravated assault, I mean aggravated stalking, which is third degree, armed burglary and dwelling, which is, uh, that's actually punishable by life in prison, felony, and uh, armed kidnapping ransom, 
or reward or hostage, which is felony with possible life sentence, criminal mischief for less than $200 second degree misdemeanor. Um, he pleaded not guilty on all charges through a public defender. His public defender submitted the plea to the court. Um, I can't even imagine on what grounds he did that, but he's probably, he might be going away for life if he doesn't have a great argument. So she may not have to worry about him anymore. God willing. I don't know. I don't know what fucking argument he could possibly have. Yeah. I want to see if there's any more news before we get to the weekly because we're running a little bit late here. Jeff Hardy, this isn't really major news, but the Jeff Hardy, because I was actually going to bring this up when we talked about him. Uh, he brought up in his contract, that was one of the agreements of him coming back, was to be able to bring back his actual song, No More Words. Yeah, uh, Endeavor After the old theme. Yeah. He spoke to BT Sports and he said that there were plans to bring that song back but not until the fans come back to the arena. He said that that, that was the deal with him resigning. So it's going to be the ticket and that's going to boost him even more to hear that music again. He says, because when he thinks of the Hardy Boy music, that's for Matt and Jeff and not Jeff. And I'm glad he said that because I was wondering why. I was like, Jeff had his own music. There was a time when he just yeah. had the Hardy Boy music. But when he hit that level where he had the, the John Cena Spinner World Championship, where he became the top guy when he was feuding with CM Punk, when him and Taker had that moment, that ladder match where at the end he was like, you didn't break me, Taker. And Taker like looked at him like, you fucking crazy. That main event, Jeff Hardy, that beat Triple H, that was there for a while when there was no Jeff, he did not use that music. Exactly. Jeff Hardy's first WWE championship win, his first ever world title win is synonymous with that song. Yeah, so I found it weird that it was like, why does Jeff Hardy not have the main event song? And I and I specifically remember that song because remember when he was actually gone and then CM Punk used it and he popped the crowd. Oh, the but fucking it was, eruption was nuts. But it was him. It was CM Punk who came out as 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 Jeff Hardy. That was the song. And everyone immediately knew when they heard the music. That's why everybody went nuts because they identified that song to Jeff Hardy. So when CM Punk came out, he got heat. So it was just like, why wouldn't you use his actual song? But for anyone who doesn't remember, this is the Jeff Hardy world champion song. Yeah, we never hear this at all anymore. And I was just like, that's strange that they, you know, regressed that back. And this isn't in the WWE version. This part right here that you're hearing wasn't in his song. Yeah, this is a bit of the longer version. But yeah, bring that back. Like, what the hell are we doing? Just give him the Hardy Boy music, you know? This song gave him his own identity. Yeah. It was just weird, you know? It's like, when I hear the Hardy, it indicates to me that they're not going to push him as that Jeff Hardy, which they should. And there's no excuse for him to not be that Jeff Hardy. Yeah, like I said, this song helped get him over, you know? So it was really cool he had this. It's a badass song, too. waiting he's literally waiting until the crowds come back and i guess he wants to use that that would be a proper time because the first time the fans hear that that song hit that crowd's gonna explode yeah well good because i was like what the fuck like you know it's just weird when i hear when it's just him you know because jeff hardy by himself has a completely different vibe so it's just like you need to uh you need to get that shit correct uh, other minor news, just things I want to bring up because I found them interesting. Randy Orton's launching his own apparel line is what the sheets are reporting. Randy Orton, very interesting of all people. It looks like this apparel line is called Slither and it says Strike in Style. Um, interesting, you know. I mean, it's not hard to dress like Randy Orton, right? Just get a t-shirt, 
maybe a sweat, maybe a sweater. Get the jacket, jacket, cut all the sleeves off. I mean, the shirt looks all right. right? Yeah. It's just interesting. I mean, you know what? It might be time. It might be time to peace out. You know, maybe anyone's thinking about having a little bit of income that doesn't involve being on the road all the time. You yeah. Know? At this point, he could just he could just dip tomorrow and be like, hey, called it a good one. Does this count as a third party thing? Because no one else can have their own shirts, but he could have his own clothing line. You know what the fine thing is? Because he's Randy Orton. Hmm. I mean, what about my pro lesson teams? But he's Randy Orton. What about my Twitch stream? You know, I thought I feed my fan, but he's Randy Orton. I mean, you made these cameos, you know, I made it paid off my house, but he's Randy Orton. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, how many times have we heard about Randy Orton getting away with shit that nobody else would get away with? Randy will be streaming on Twitch tomorrow. Ain't nobody going to say jack shit. Yeah, you have a point. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk a little bit about these weeklies. If there's anything else that on. <laughs> so NXT happened, and this time it was who were the two people? It was uh, Adam. It was Adam Cole and Finn Balor. Yeah, and there was a double count out, and now we decide next week on NXT Triple Tuesday. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't I didn't you put that fucking juju out there. You know, I gotta get you gotta get for a half second. Out. I was like, wait, are you fucking no? Okay, no. Uh one thing that was interesting about this match, I can't confirm it because I know they always put things over when they're not supposed to. But Adam Cole kicks out of the coup de gras, and they said that no one's ever kicked out of that. Is that true? I don't. I don't remember. No, that is not fucking true. I was going to say I don't know. People, if that, I was thinking to myself, has Finn so, Balor been that protected? How could Finn Balor funny, be that protected but not always be champion? The funny thing about it is, in their match in Beast in the East, Owens has kicked out of the coup de gras. It doesn't happen often. Yeah, but they made it sound like it no one's rarely, ever rarely, rarely like, happens, but no, like, that it moves happens. not that protected. I know when a moves that protected, you know? Like the beauty shot in NXT was that protected. And whenever I saw the beauty like if you go oh, back and look like, at Tyler Breeze's world title run, beauty shot meant you're dead. Always. Fucking Corbin's end of days protected. Roman yeah. Reigns couldn't even kick out of that thing. They just say whatever, right? They don't care. Just to make it to put it over as much as possible. It's the first time in the history of mankind we've ever seen that kick. It's like ridiculous at this point. Uh, but Balor does go over Adam Cole with the with an Avalanche nineteen sixteen. Yeah, right? I, 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 literally from the very top rope. That looked, I got scared when I realized he was doing it because I was like, knowing Cole, he'll let him drop him right on the top of his fucking head. But nah, yeah, yeah that was that was really crazy. So now we have uh, Finn Balor once again gaining momentum and being NXT champion. But it it concerns me because uh, Balor has boring title runs. Like you know, I mean, like all I remember from his title runs is he constantly smiles and plays with his jacket. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, because yeah, he's always the face. Presence. He's a heel this time, though. You know, there was just something dry about his NXT character. You know, and and uh, it kind of fits the current dry climate in NXT perfectly. But that kind of concerned me because we we should be trying to get out of it. I I did yeah, like I mean, um. No, go ahead. I was gonna say what I like about this time though is every title run we've had in WWE with him, he's been smiling babyface. Now we have mean ass heel. I feel like that's gonna give it some kind of an edge but he wasn't even really a heel because after his heel his first heel feud i forget who it was then he got attacked by imperium and he was face again but then again that's because imperium hits anything moving like right but imperium's right now, imperium's not really picky about who i've seen imperium feud with other with other uh other heels i've got the impression that he's been a face for a while though like even like right now adam cole's being pushed as a face even though he's in the undisputed ever and even at the end when they did that mutual respect thing where he was backstage and they both did the, the they both too sweet at each other and everything it was like there's like a mutual respect that like heels wouldn't even bother to have that you know so yeah. it's just it's strange i'm just wondering what they're gonna do with finn balor as far as that goes 
Uh, I'm not saying it can't be bad because the guy's a great worker. So yeah. There's something about him in WWE has never been as good as the New Japan Virgil Devitt. Like even close. It's just, you, you know, even at his best NXT stuff. So I can't even blame that it was because he was on Raw. I just never felt he was as good. He's one of the few exceptions where like Nakamura in NXT was more or less Nakamura New Japan. Sami Zayn was more or less El Generico as far as work ethic. Same thing with Cesaro and a lot of these other guys. But I just kind of feel like Balor never had those crazy ass matches in here. Like I can't, like what's your favorite Finn Balor match? Probably the Brooklyn, the liar match in Brooklyn. But is it a one-on-one? Was that even a one-on-one? Yeah, that was that was him and Owens. Oh, him and Owens. That probably I don't I barely remember. That. I'm sure that was probably good. I'm sure I put it over and I spoke yeah. about it. But it's just weird how I just feel like the Finn Balor we get here. It's it's kind of like you're never even sure if you're gonna get it. It's not one of those definitive things where when he comes through the current for a match, you're like, this is guaranteed to be good. It's like you don't know, which is strange, you know. But uh, I'm hoping that and and I know it's more because of their booking because we know the guy can work. You know, and his offense is believable and practical and, and everything looks really good and he never fucks up. You know, it's just they have to go in a better direction. With it. And I don't agree with this whole thing where the demon is just completely gone, you know? Yeah. I mean, from what I did hear, uh, Ballas say in an interview, it's not that it's gone. It's more of he is more of the way WWE treated it. And especially I was treated in NXT. It became too much of a crutch. So he wants. So what he what it looking like it's going to be. It's not that we won't we won't see the demon again, but it has to be something where it feels right. Like they can't promote it. There can't be any signal that it's coming. It just has to show up. Okay, that's fine then. I can go with that. It's not like we need it, yeah. but you know what? Then that means that you have to put something in its place. You can't just put nothing there. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. Is the Undertaker? The Undertaker one day decided, you know what? We got all these attitude era people walking around crotch chopping and saying suck it and drinking beers. This has a realistic tone to it. It no longer is dentist and and barbers and crazy shit. You know, I'm kind of standing out here. He even said it in his documentary, which by the way, I watched every episode of great stuff. But you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. He he said that uh, you know, like he wanted to get with the times, so he stopped doing darkness stuff. And he stopped coming out as a person from the dark side. And he came out as a biker. He didn't just come out without the darkness stuff and have nothing, you know, and the biker personality replaced the undertaker personality. So the problem with Finn Balor is when he's not the demon, he isn't really anything. He's just a guy. He just comes out. He just he did like we need to see more personality. He needs to talk more. Uh, you know what? The heel thing at least works sometimes. Like I remember when he when he talked about Johnny Gargano, where he was like, nice promo, Johnny. Is that what we should call you now? Johnny promo. And like the way he would just shit on people, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, I mean. I've noticed it seems like from what I'm seeing week to week, it's not like the battle we saw on the main roster where it's like if he's not the demon, he's just there smiling. It seems like this whole thing of him calling himself even the prince, referring back to Fergal Devitt, it seems like it's become almost that replacement, yeah. which is not the best replacement, but it's like it seems like it's something more than him just cheesing and shit. And you know what the problem is? NXT is now a two-hour show, which I've, I said for years. And I think about how many years I went. You know what that show needs to be? Two hours. That show needs to be two hours. They need to take the cruise away part of it. I hate that I can go back to years of me saying they need to take the 205 Live cruise away. <laughs> right. Go back and put them on NXT and then make them have a two-hour live Wednesday block. And they did it. They did it years later. But you know what's the funny part? They treat this two-hour show like it's just a long one-hour show now. I don't see enough. As much as we complain about the stuff on Raw and SmackDown, we don't complain about it because we don't want that kind of stuff. We complain about it because we don't want that kind of stuff done shitty. But you need to see more of these guys backstage and doing things in their everyday lives, talking and uh interacting with each other. And sometimes it just feels like NXT is just a dry wrestling show that doesn't give enough personality. Sure, there's times that Raw gives too much and you're like, get out of the ring and get off of the mic and stop doing all these silly segments. But NXT, sometimes it feels like we don't really know these guys you know they expect us to go off of the momentum that they've had from past promos gone almost years or two years later or just their history 
And a guy like this, you need to see more of him. Like, what, what the hell do we really know about Finn Balor? They never really let these guys develop. I, I venture to say, just to give you a, a small example, characters like the Hurricane and, and Mighty Molly have had more character development in their runs than anybody in the entire three rosters right now. When you really think about it, characters like, <laughs> yeah. the, you know what I mean? Characters like the APA with their door that had no fucking wall to it have had more personality and time to develop. Spike Dudley had time to develop as a character. You know what I mean? All of these characters were small characters. You know what I mean? Freaking, uh, what's her name? Uh, the tan I shook. I'm forgetting her name. Big chick. Nicole Bass. Nicole Bass. I was given more time to develop character. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like when when you think about it, the reason that these angles work is because they were given just enough TV time that you knew enough about them to get into the personality. D'Lo Brown has been given more time to develop his chest protector character, the European champion, than anybody who's on any of the three rosters right fucking now. And that's the problem. We're we're just not given enough time to really grow an attachment to any any of these characters. And they've proven that that's really all it takes because they shoved Sasha and Bailey down our throats until they got good at it, until it worked, and until we liked it. They kept pressing in that old WWE formula of forcing something until it works, worked. But they don't do it enough. Kevin Owens and Jericho is another example of two guys who you got enough of their personality and their antics that you knew them well enough that there was an emotional momentum there when one of them turned on the other. I don't feel like anyone's given time to grow in this company enough that you really give a shit when they lose a title or anything, you know? And I think that's a big problem. And yeah, we can say Gargano was given time, sometimes too much time with the dinner table thing and him and Candice. Um, Balor, who is someone who was able to found the Bullet Club, he's not even given nearly as much time for us to know anything about him. You know, it's just strange. It's just strange to me how I don't know what they're doing with the two hours that there's not enough development. Thank God Keith Lee under the current NXT climate had his time to shine. They let the guy take his time, do his promos, see how talented he was overall, and they got him over. Unfortunately, it feels like it's for nothing because none of that really shines through where he is now. But on here, it was it was awesome. He became like the guy. Yeah. You know, but you have to give them that. And I, I don't know, for some reason, I feel like that way with Hideo Itami too, where you have this great wrestler, this great worker, and I get that he doesn't know much English, but there was just almost no personality there at all. They didn't even try. So Balor needs to do something with that title. I can't just see him come out. I'm going to pay close attention to him this time because it feels very vanilla when he's the champion. They need to do something with him at this point. Like Balor's do Balor at this point can only do so much on his own. They need to start doing shit. Yeah. Uh, other NXT stuff. You have Sh- Shirai and Shanti Blackheart who are beating up Aliyah and Robert Stone. But like Shirai winds up uh, getting offended because at the end of the celebration, Shanti holds up Shirai's title and he's looking at her like, what the hell are you doing? So they're sort of foreshadowing some sort of a feud there with them. I mean, they're uh, supposed to have a match on Wednesday. I yeah. uh, I like how <laughs> I like how when she grabs her belt back, she looks at her like, don't make me hurt you. Yeah, I got. How do you hold? She literally looked at her like, "Bitch, I will ruin you." Yeah, this push will die tonight. I like Shanti <laughs> and everything, but how do you go from driving a tank to 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 put, taking her title? Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, if this was an RPG, like Shirai would have that thing above her head, the red sword that tells you that your way you should turn back for a little while from where you are. Then what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing here? Like, you kidding me, man? You're lucky she just looked at you like you had a moment, a, re, a, a lapse in judgment, because that girl can then hurt you. You know, she'll shove that whole tank up your ass. <laughs> you and make you poop it back out. <laughs> you don't mess with her. Better not cry. You better yeah, not cry. You got to go grind back with the other girls. 
before you mess with her. But who knows? Maybe they're trying to give it her rub. No, I didn't see that coming. It didn't feel like it was a it was a slow progression. Maybe they just need someone in that seat. I mean, but, hey, uh, maybe this is to test yeah. the waters with Shanti because they've been known to do stuff like this. Yeah, maybe throw you in the deep end and see what happens. For all we know, this girl might prove that she might already be ready. For all we know, she can we've go seen the before. You know, she can go. We, the we've seen. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say we've seen before. This girl is very good. Yeah, no, she's good in the ring. It's just the character wise. I'm talking from the booking perspective. She she just went from the tank with Robert Stone to now you're touching the champion's title. They need to sometimes it feels like everything's done in a rush. And I get it. They want to move angles along, but you know, sometimes there's two or three weeks worth of, of booking in a storyline. They did that with, with Cedric Alexander. They had he turned heel and in that same episode where he turned heel, he did a promo about why he did it. And he came out to the ring with them. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like it was like, all right, we just basically crammed in a whole bunch of stuff into one story. And they do that sort of here, you know, where it's like people just jump from angle to angle. Uh, and when we're talking about the booking and the wasting of time, then we had Tegan Knox, who's on, who's doing dinner with the Garganos. And um, it's not that this segment wasn't entertaining. And I'm not saying that every storyline has to go somewhere, but it literally felt like it went nowhere. Like they're having dinner and, you know, they're, they're really awkward. I give them credit for that, where they're like creepy almost. And Gargano goes to leave and then it's just, she's there with, with Candace and like she's basically telling her. Uh, that she's going to be the champion because of the fact that uh, Tegan Knox blew her shot. But this basically, long story short, ends in a food fight because she winds up throwing one. She throws water in uh, Tegan's face. Tegan throws shit at her, and then Gargano comes back out of him. They throw the spaghetti at him. Uh, one of them throws something, and 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 Tegan ducks, and they wind up breaking their own TV. But I kind of thought it would have been interesting if they, she would have seduced her over to the dark side. You brought her over to dinner, and then you showed her, even if it was her reluctant Tegan Knox. You know what I mean? Which is this is what I mean about Rush storyline, where she seemed like she was going to bite because she missed her friend you have a reluctant tegan knox for a few weeks maybe do another dinner and then that happens or something but it was just kind of like the whole thing just felt like a waste of time to put everyone back where they were just to show the garganos be more creepy but sure whatever i guess it's subjective some people may have liked it if you liked it you know tell me to go to hell uh and you so then we had velveteen dream also against what was this guy's name ashanti uh, adonis yeah ashanti adonis yeah he looked pretty good yeah he looked decent he looked good. I don't know where he came from, but he looked solid. I know that this was basically he got a thumb to the eyes, followed by the Dream Valley driver. Um, Kushida was also someone who was out there, right? Like yeah, Kushida, yeah. This uh, Kushida attacked Dream for basically the first time since uh, Dream's comeback match. So they're kicking that feud in the high gear now. Because mm-hmm. I remember I said before, like there was, I expected it to be sooner, but I knew Kushida would come back for him. Yeah, so that was something else that happened. Also, Drake Maverick, stop trying to be friends with Killian Dane. He doesn't want to be your fucking friend. Jesus. They, they don't fucking know what they're doing with it. Yeah, it's like he's going up to shake his hand. This guy's going to keep kicking your ass if you keep going over there. Just keep a safe distance from him. But they, they're going to have it to where they're going to... They, you know what they're going to do? They're going to try to cast that team hell no maggot. Oh, he finally shook his hand. By God, they're team... Like, no, no. Yeah. We had that, what was it, a steel cage match? Ray Ripley against Mercedes yeah. Martinez? With, yeah, uh, with uh, the finish of this being a super riptide from uh, the top, the nose, the middle rope, but mm-hmm, through the table, avalanche riptide, avalanche through the table, brutal. Um, <laughs> they beat yeah. the shit out of each other in this match. Brutality, top rope German Mercedes on Ripley, avalanche superplex Ripley on Mercedes, top rope neckbreaker Mercedes on Ripley. Like these guys were doing a lot of avalanche stuff. Um, yeah, as like, much as I enjoy it, I kind of feel like everyone just overall needs to go, like, stop going high so much. Where, you know, people are doing a spot and then climbing back up, hitting another high spot, climbing back up, hitting another one. It's like almost the whole middle of the mat. The ring is not being used as much as the fucking top turnbuckle uh, for a lot of these matches. And that sort of takes the impact out of some of it. 
you know. Yeah, it was interesting to see Mercedes because she came out first, immediately start tossing toys in the ring. Yeah, like you know, fuck this shit. It's not gonna be a regular tail, t- uh, regular cage match. They're swinging everything at each other because yeah. that Amelie's riptide wound up being through a table. I, I have to say, in overall, it's more AEW, unfortunately, than NXT, but something's being lost in the overall psychology and wrestling that just isn't there anymore, where it just kind of feels like everybody's just, it's, it's becoming even more spotty. You know, they need to slow it down a little bit. It can't be quite like Ring of Honor. To me, I've always thought that New Japan is like the perfect style, where it's kind of like you do get some of that stuff, but you also get the strong, strong man style. You get the big guys and the strikes and the forearm contests and the rope stuff. And, you know, then you get the grapples, the submissions. They don't stick to one thing. It feels like everyone's just going to the top rope for something now. And, and unfortunately, uh, that's what the casuals like now. They just like seeing just the spots. Yeah. And there's way more of them than there are the hardcore ones like us. Yeah. Uh, not much with AEW Dark. I think they split up Peter Avalon and, uh, and, uh, what was the other dude? The Librarian Stable. Those guys are not going to face each other, I think, or they did face each other. I barely pay attention to them, but the Peter Avalon and the, and the man librarian guy, the, uh, and the dice roller, the two of them are no longer a stable. Yes, Peter Avalon, I believe it was Brandon, fuck it, Cutler, Brandon Cutler. Cutler. Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon. There you go. Those guys, that's not really going to happen anymore. Will Hobbs was here. Good old Will Hobbs from the pay per view. Um, he has a, a regular running power slam, just like Braun Strowman, but he calls it the Oklahoma Stampede. And they really want to put this guy over. He just needs to work on his gut and his cardio a little bit if they're that serious about it. But he is on dark, so let's see what happens next. Maybe the pay-per-view yeah. is just a test. Uh, as for Dynamite, um, look, first of all, these shows starting, going straight into a fast-paced match every week just doesn't work. I Sometimes that's cool, but it seems like every Dynamite you tune in and it the bell immediately rings everybody's in the ring before you even get to take in who's having a match and it's again it's cool to start that sometimes but their style of doing that is not always going to work and now it's just starting to desensitize me where you don't really care what happens you do need to do something more than just have everybody already be in the ring i don't see why we're starting something like dynamite like that um jurassic express what did they do they went over to lucha guys right yeah, they actually yeah, want to get the win over the Lucha Brothers. Even Eddie Kingston uh, is doing better than the... communication between uh, Phoenix and Ray, Phoenix and uh, Penta. Yeah, even Eddie Kingston is doing better than the Lucha Brothers at this point. Didn't he go over somebody? He went over, I think, the uh, the Jurassic Express. Some jobber on Dark. Yeah, and it's like these motherfuckers yeah, can't he, go over. The, 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 Lucha, the, the Lucha Brothers well, are, are losing stuff. I mean, I mean, Eddie Kingston beat some random on Dark, whereas the Lucha Brothers lost by an actual team. So. If you call Jurassic Express an actual team, they're being, they're being pushed as a, as a team, I guess. You know, but then, you know, even Phoenix I mean, and Pentagon. Day one. Yeah, Phoenix and Pentagon, they had heat in the ring, and you have Eddie Kingston who has to squash the beef with the Lucha Bros. Like, he gets between them, and he's like, you're my best friend, he tells Phoenix, and, like, you know, he's, he's teaching them, like, he's trying to get them. The two guys who've been together this whole time, he has to hold them together. Just, it's awkward. It's just very awkward. I know some people <laughs> like it. It, w- uh, yeah. it would be more awkward for me, but then again, this is coming from somebody who's literally seen those two kick the dog shit out of each other. So I almost looked at it like, Eddie knows these two will fuck each other up with no hesitation. So rather than that happen, let's bring these two back together. I guess. All right. Uh, Matt Hardy comes out. He lets everybody know he's okay. Rebby's standing there in a show of support wearing a mask with her kid. And, uh, you know, I guess he's not cleared yet. Or he said he's going to be cleared. And then he's going to yeah, go for the title or something right, like that. Right. Taking some time just to be safe. Yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy goes over. Uh, what's his name? And Delico. And uh, afterwards, at Santana and Ortiz wind up jumping him, which sort of segues back into the best friends. You know, because they're having heat with him and, you know, they have heat with those guys now. And, uh, 
Yeah, they also have the best friends with the new T-shirt, the mom's van on the T-shirt. <laughs> hot yeah, it's, it's actually been reported that she brought cookies, home-baked cookies for everybody at AEW. That's not a work. It's a shoot. She shoot brought baked cookies. That's so they have this really, awesome. And this mom is great. Yeah. You know? And now it looks like, uh, I believe it's next week, we're going to have a parking lot brawl between those two teams. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely going to be interesting. Alex Marvez goes to interview the box. He knocks on their door awkwardly because he's an awkward dude. And they wind up super kicking him unconscious. And then they make this big deal about it where they're like the Bucks are now. They're starting to see a dark side. Jim Ross talks about they're going back to a dark place and uh, they're going to be fined. What was it? $5,000 each for super kicking this guy uh, and being assholes, I guess. So that storyline, we're going with a heel turn with the Bucks after everything that's going on. Uh, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford are now following through. And they're revealing who their best man is, but they build it up. And it's almost, make it. And they build it up, and it's almost worse than the uh, than the "This Is Your Life" segment with Mick Foley and The Rock. Because first they have this guy named Puff come out. Who the fuck is Puff? I don't know. Um, or was that even his name? Or was that what he was? Who the fuck knows? I don't remember. But uh, he wasn't the best friend. It was like, no, I just said you. I, I forget how they they worded, but it was a misunderstanding. Brian Pillman Jr. is the next guy that comes out, and he says, "Yeah, I didn't say you're the best man. I said you're the best comma man." But this whole thing was a buildup for Miro, aka Rusev, who is showing up. And the reason why he's saying the best man, they didn't literally mean it. I don't know if they're gonna follow through with him being the best man, but the way it's working in the storyline is that his his name here is Miro, the best man. You get it? That's what they mean. He's the best man. Not that he's the best man at the wedding. Here comes Miro, the best man. That's going to be his his uh, slogan here. I just want to say thank you, Kip. I got your text no, today. No, no. You I'm said gonna, you're the best man. I'm, I'm going to skip. So I'm going to skip the Brian Pillman. We don't need the Brian Pillman part. To all of you, the best man. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. Would, you, what? Would you look at that? The crowd's going crazy. The beast from there Bulgaria. There it is. the best man. Miro is the best man. What do you think from what you're seeing now in Miro? He's one of those. I see a light in his eyes again. Is really big on Twitch. Yes, he and is. So he and he and Kip obviously hit it off. Cheap plug. Wow, this is. Look at him standing, Jr. You're right. I didn't see this one coming. I can tell you that. But I'm happy that it did. Well, can we dump this ahead a little bit? What's that? Yeah, they're chanting Miro Day. Good for him. <laughs> there has a good ring to it, doesn't it? Okay. <sighs> Ten years in the same house under the same glass ceiling with an imaginary brass ring. Well, you can take that brass ring and shove it up your ass. (laughs) 
That's right. My name is Miro. An elite recognizes elite. Elite recognizes the best. And Kip, I love you, man. And of course, I'm going to be your best man. But you pick me not because I'm a best man, no, no, no. but because I am the best man. You tune into my Twitch channel, you know I am the best gamer. You tune into right here, you see me devour people after person after person, every day, every night, whatever you tune in. My name is Nero, and I'm all elite. Wow. Wow, that's impactful. So you have Miro, who is all elite now, as you can see here. And you saw what he was wearing, right? His attire here. Yeah. Very interesting choice of attire. I know some people uh, commented on that. Apparently, uh, it was all expensive. He said that it came out that Alpha was $2,320. And here is a little bit of proof because they compared Cole Cabana did this apparently I'm being told but as you can see on the screen here um he said you save when you're with Cole Cabana and uh it shows the difference where you have Miro who he has this Gucci Disney X Gucci t-shirt $650 on the left jogging pants Disney Gucci jogging pants those Disney jogging pants are $1,450 and then you have the Adidas the boots those are $220 on the left and then Cole Cabana has his stuff on the right. And he says, he stole this. He stole this from Excalibur. What is he Freak. pointing to? The jacket? The jacket. So he stole the jacket from Excalibur. He, uh, and what is that? The, the t-shirt looks like Ryan Barkin printed it for him. Printed that for him for free. The pants are clearance rack in Japan for $20. And the Nike or United Airlines replace lost shoes for free. So there you go. There is the comparison between the two things. So, oh boy. Miro said, I'm about to spend that Twitch money today, damn it. Yeah, he spent all his Twitch money on that outfit. He said, I get it back in an hour. Fuck it. That is it. Yeah, he ain't wasting no time getting back at it. I do, because it was crazy. I There was like no word of him even trying to go anywhere. The last time we heard him talk about it, he said he was done. And uh, him being part of TNT, the fun didn't end there. Because as you know, TNT also has the virtual audience. And uh, good old Miro, he was shown an in that virtual audience because he's an LA Clippers fan. So they brought him to one of the front rows. I believe it was the first or second row. There he is, part of the TNT network, having a blast. There's benefits when you're part of AEW. Oh, shit. You know? So, yeah, look at that. He gets to be part of a different virtual audience. That man is so happy that there is no racism or Chris Benoit photos in these. And he talked about how AEW is already crushing NXT. They're coming for Raw now. And, yeah, their ratings are getting remarkably close to the stuff that's happening with Raw. When we get into those ratings, all I'm saying is hashtag they did. Yeah. So you got Miro who shows up here. You also had uh, other celebrities. Look at that. That is incredible, right? They're letting everybody here. You got a, uh, you got freaking Jungle Boy to the left, Luchasaurus to the right, and Marco Stunt in the middle. You know, pretty good. Everybody's showing up. Yeah, 
But then again, this is I'm, what I'm, you can do when you actually have freedom to have fun on your own. So I'm, I'm kidding. I know that's not Marco's stunt in the middle. You know, the sad part is I knew it was, but in my head, I was like, you know what? Just go along with the bit. <laughs> <laughs> He's small enough. Fuck it. Nobody will notice. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what they, that's what more or less happened there. Uh, you got him showing up. Uh, they had Adam Page out there in an interview talking about all the mistakes that he made. I'm not sure where that's going. Uh, Jericho came out with Hager. And I wanted to, to just touch on this. This has really nothing to do with the episode, but, uh, some people have been stale on Jericho partially because of the Cassidy thing, which, like he said recently, it was an experiment to see if the guy could, uh, get over, which he did. And that was it. Uh, for me, I find this new Jericho interesting as someone who's followed his career since Lionheart Chris, Chris Jericho and ECW up to current. You got to keep in mind that Chris Jericho was never in the NWO. He was never in the Generation X. He wasn't in the Heart Foundation. He wasn't in the corporation, the ministry, nothing. Jericho managed throughout an age where there were nothing but stables to be a solo man. Sure, he had a few tag teams here and there, but this is our first time seeing him not only interact with, but be the leader of a stable. So, you know, you say what you want about the guy, but, uh, Aside from the tag team formations here and there, he's primarily a loner. So I like seeing him with the inner circle. This is an interesting part of Jericho that it, I've never really gotten to see. It, it's it's cool because he found a way after all these years to still do something different. Yeah. And I think he looks great. There's other people who, who say that he physically doesn't look good. And you know what? It's funny how most of the people that say he physically don't look good don't currently look better than him and are younger than him and have never, in fact, physically looked good. They're they don't really look better than some of these guys in their worst you know? days. And he's looked better and better when I've been seeing him lately, which means that he's still working he on the body. So, I mean, they need to cut that shit out. Uh, we got a tag match. Jericho and Hager against Janela and Sonny Kiss. And, uh, you know, man, the Janela thing, I know he there was an image of him. He got like five or six root canals. Well, at the same time, I saw an image of him online. I was going to put that story up, but then I realized huh. I want to leave and do other things after the show. I don't want to waste time on everything. Janelle looks like that cousin that everyone has from out of town that has weed on him and and has a sleeve <laughs> and, ha- and has like a half sleeve of eating cookies. <laughs> he always gives that signal. Hey, man, y'all want to go down the street you know, real quick? He'll always have some weed on him and he'll always have like a half sleeve of eating cookies. You know when you have the half sleeve of cookies and you twist it to roll it up? He always has one of those or some Ritz crackers or some shit Ready in his pocket. Go. You know, um, I mean, at least we got to see Hager give Janela that nasty table bump. Um, it's so funny. Sonny gets sprayed by Jericho on the outside with the fire extinguisher. So Hager gets the win on him via Uranagi. They've, they now we have an overuse of fire extinguishers because that was something that was done recently. Um, then afterwards, Jericho announces that basically the feud between him and Cassidy, thank God, is over. And then now him and Hager are going to be teaming together, gunning for the AEW tag titles. So that's going to be a new interesting thing that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, what else happened? We had Wardlow who's getting shitted on by MJF. They're planting the seeds for him to defect where, you know, he talked down to him like shit. I think he fired his whole team there, right? Like they got rid Pretty of everybody. Much that whole political campaign team. Good, enough of that shit. Uh, Omega announced that it's time for him to move on from Adam Page and he's going to be going back to singles action. Everyone's praying that we get the cleaner Kenny Omega and that things go back to normal when he stopped being this washed down, wishy-washy. Looks like he never gets to sleep Kenny Omega that he's become. Cause when you look at this Kenny Omega, that's one thing. He always looks tired. He always looks like he, like he like he hasn't slept in a long time. Like the last time we've seen him, uh, he hasn't slept since then. I don't want to see that. Like he doesn't have the light in his eyes anymore. Go back and look at him and think just tired. He just looks like he's fucking always tired. Why? Where's that guy? Where's the Where's the Undertale guy that came out the Undertale entrance and shit? That was really cool, you know. I want that guy back. Uh, the end of the show after this goes off, they actually reserve two minutes of time 
specifically to show Cody Rhodes advertising this new show he's going to be on called the Go Big Show. Uh, which we have the trailer for here. I'm over, I'm always reluctantly planning it. I'm going to turn this down a little bit. AEW wrestler, the American Nightmare Cody. I like to say go big um, or go home. And since I'm injured right now and out of the ring, maybe I should go home. You don't look injured, though. That's the or biggest problem with this. You know, you look maybe fine. Maybe we do something big. You haven't been gone that's long exactly enough that I should see you doing something like television. that. And he says this is something that's never been seen before on television. But we've seen this kind of shit all the time. This is your typical cliche talent show. We've had these. It's, it's very, very corporate. And it all happens Look at this. Look at even the way it's shot. It's it shot that corporate way that bullshit like this is shot. Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer is the only cool part. The machine. Remember the machine? Tonight oh, yeah. See, see, that, that, reason alone that, that popped me. Burt Kreischer is going to be part of it. You got to have him. The guy who managed to not go to jail in Russia. That guy's hilarious. So that's going to be fun. He got into the mafia in Russia. Yeah, you know, he got to hang with the mafia. You got to watch somebody spit vodka in his teacher's face, all that shit. This guy, I'm happy to see him there. So that's exciting. I'm more excited for him than for Cody being there. But I don't really watch these kind of shows. You know, it's never been my thing. I know some people are into it. This isn't something that I would really watch unless you guys showed me a clip or something that you thought was funny. Like, I never seek out this kind of stuff. I know Rosario Dawson's there. Cody Rhodes is there. Which Rosario Dawson's going to be playing Ahsoka Tano in the new season of uh, The Mandalorian. Look, Snoop Dogg's there. Of course, we gotta have somebody there. Snoop Dogg. Welcome. Oh, wow. See, this is stuff I watch occasionally. So I'm like, oh, I might do it. It's just once I saw once I saw the machine, and I was like, yep, doing it. <laughs> Television like this has just never been my style. I know it's cool for some people. I don't judge you if you watch it, but it's, it's yeah, that, that's one thing as well. Like it has to be kind of like something that you that you watch. Like even if it wasn't a Cody Rhodes or a Machine or a Snoop Dogg or anything like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's all right, you know. We, like I said, we've seen all this kind of stuff before, you know. Very, very corporate. I don't know. I don't want to bury it. You got all of my attention now. Because even if it was done well, I wouldn't watch it, you know. Yeah. Monster trucks are kind of cool there, I guess. I mean, like this, this looks like I'd actually be happily entertained. Like I'm not watching some generic shit where it's just nothing but WWE guys on there. Like when I look at it, Cody's the least famous person in this group. You're talking to a man who makes a living in tights. Four-way stretch, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it could have its moments, you know. If if we want, we know we'll check it out and see exactly. I know we have what is it? Dancing with the Stars is going to have uh, Carol Baskins now, right? Yeah, apparently. For I guess I think the first episode's already out. Yeah, I have to go watch that just because I want to see Carol. Is she dancing? <laughs> I only care about Carol Baskin. I don't give a shit about the show. I want to see her out there dancing before they arrest her because she keeps going into the spotlight. They're going to eventually investigate this chick. <laughs> she just walks out. You're under arrest. Yeah. Oh, you thought we forgot. We watched the show too, motherfucker. AEW Dynamite being out of the Wednesday Night Wars was able to go up. And they finally hit it. I think they needed, what was it, another 70 or 80,000 viewers. They hit 1.16 million. They broke a million viewers. 0.37 in the, in the 18 to 49 demographic. NXT, on the other hand, without the Wednesday Night Wars, was down. Down to 838,000 viewers, which is still good. Because they're still up from when they're on the Wednesday Night Wars. But they're down from the first week of not having it. which Because at 849,000. So they went down, um, what was it, about 11,000 viewers. 
not terrible, but they not, they're not hitting that 1.16 million that AEW is now hitting without that happening. Unfortunately, next week, I think everyone goes back to Wednesday. And after a very long time, the Wednesday night wars continue. But you can see now that AEW without NXT being there is able to break that 1 million. And that's probably why they put that there. Not because, uh, they're, they're trying to do their own thing, but because they know that NXT, that the AEW would hit really, really noticeable numbers if there wasn't something there blocking it. We're keeping them around a 6,000, 600,000, 700,000 average most of the time by blocking them with NXT as WWE's mentality. Cause look at how easily they almost doubled their viewership. So it's just a very telling thing about what we're doing with these ratings. Yeah. People are trying to do things that, you know, the speculation that NXT might just start moving big stars over to that show so that they can barrel over AEW and then not have to worry about it at all. But that's going to be difficult to do when, when if you put the two shows on separate days, they already have almost a 200 to 300,000 number lead because of something fresh. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, realistically, let's be real here. There's nothing they can do. It's like, the lines have already been drawn. Like the fans have already kind of decided when it comes to the majority, when it comes to more of them, it's like, Hey, we're sticking to TNT. Like, well, cap, you guys don't fucking replay. Like they couldn't even get over them when there was no couple, when they, when they were on the same night. Like, right. Right. At this point, the way I'm almost looking at it, I don't even know if it's going back to a Wednesday night war. It's just like, Hey, they're on the same night again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, all right, I think we'll just jump into SmackDown. You know, we're almost done here. Thank God. But, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, Roman Reigns heel who's in the ring and uh you know, he's joined by Paul Heyman and then Jay Uso who's thanking them for this. Who Roman is doing really good with this. He says that that uh you know, he's gonna whip Jay's ass like when they were kids. You know, that this is a big night for his family for a big payday, but he's gonna whip his ass. And uh, you know, Jay basically he says he's not kids. Jay needs to be a little bit more serious. He's he's starting to just come off like the goofy cousin who's not gonna see the ass whipping coming. Get get ready. Get serious. You know what I mean? You've been in this business long enough to know. You know, I don't want to see he's that. He's coming conf- off more like Jimmy. Yeah, I don't want to see that confused look on your face when he's whipping your ass. You know, get get your shit correct. He's giving you the hints required here. And of course, uh, I noticed you all, you know, some of the changes with a uh, Roman minor ones now, instead of it's my yard, now it's my island. And Paul Heyman's been calling him the tribal chief. Yeah, that were very cool stuff. Yeah, I uh, like it. You have this alliance with Seamus and Corbin because Seamus and Cesaro and all these guys, they're just interchangeable tag team guys. Uh, where they come out and Jay, and this makes Seamus and Corbin look like shit, but Jay takes them all on by himself. Like Roman's just standing there, but Jay does all of the work and he basically whips their asses, you know? And then it's funny because he whips Corbin into the corner and Cole botches and he's like, he sends him into the shoulder. Like, no, 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 he doesn't. I don't think that's exactly what he did. He sent him into the corner, shoulder first, but you know, he could say he sent him into the shoulder. Who knows? Uh, speaking of interchangeable, like I just mentioned, Nakamura and Cesaro versus the Lucha House Party, where it's like, for some reason, Kalisto's now the cocky one who basically was the self-proclaimed leader backstage. He says, as the leader to the Lucha House Party, he's going to win, blah, blah, blah. Um, backstage, you have the Street Profits who wind up crashing this tag team championship party that they have in the lounge, which cost them the match as a distraction. I don't know what the fuck's going on here or why they would have even had that at the lounge, but sure. Uh... Bailey comes off for her first heel promo after turning on her friend. She blows her whole I was using you promo on SmackDown because she says, thanks to you, I became two belts banks. And no, you did not, Bailey. That is technically impossible. You did not become two belts banks. I'm almost 100% sure that you did not become two belts banks. I know what you meant. You quickly fixed it afterwards, but it was, the damage was done. Know who the fuck you are. Uh, we had a fatal four-way with the girls. Who was it? It was Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, uh, Lacey Evans, and Tamina, I believe. 
the awkwardness of this match was Alexa Bliss actually on the outside hits Nikki Cross with the sister Abigail. So, you know, there's a little bit more foreshadowing to some sort of a stable or some sort of yeah. a line. Fiend's influence still now, working. Magic. Mm-hmm. Knocked down. And Bliss now sent both into Tamita and Lacey Evans. And it doesn't look like the, that Fiend is having any effect on Alexa Bliss here tonight. Meanwhile, Nikki Cross now. And a cross body. Uh, sacrificing herself to take out the competition. Now Bliss turning her attention to, to Nikki. Oh my god! Sister Abigail! More rough than Brace. Right? It has a whiplash to it like that. Yeah, you gotta be careful. So they're doing some sort of an angle. It's a shame that it's at the expense of a tag team that worked out really well. You know, have Nikki Cross join the dark side with her. Give them some sort of a stable where there's a couple of Wyatts that are girls. We never had that before, but don't split yeah, them up. But that involves actually keeping the tag team together. Yeah, every every tag team. They're not going to have... It almost feels to me like the only reason they brought the tag team titles out was because Bailey and, and uh, Sasha asked for it, which we know they did. They said in the documentary they asked for these titles. And it really feels like WWE, even though they gave it to the Iconics for a little while, I believe it was, which I barely remember if that was them, it's more like it was just a Bailey and, and Sasha prop. They got to do what they wanted with it, and now they're quickly disbanding the division because all of the different girl teams are breaking apart um there's not really many people doing anything interesting with it you got Shayna and and naya how long is that gonna last it wouldn't surprise me if you lose these titles and they're disbanded next year we'll be here talking about the titles that are no longer on the show you know um and you know what man not for nothing but as much as i give the AEW girl shit cross tamina and lacy look sloppy mainly because of tamina nikki cross goes over good for her Wait, um, why was tamina in in this match what the fuck is tamina done to get this back I don't know. Like, Sometimes what? she just feels like that's the extra hand that they need there. Like, I love a guy. At least when they throw AEW girls in a match, they guess they have to do some shit before then. Like, yeah, this is, we're not we're not gonna see Tamina for another like seven months, and then magically she's gonna be a title match. Yeah, but this doesn't really end the friendship yet because uh, they did a little interview afterwards with Nikki Cross. That's what she had to say. Congratulations on your big win tonight. You are heading to Clash of Champions to take on Bailey, SmackDown Women's Champion again. She is on a rampage. How will you prepare for this match? I've been here before. It's not the first time me and Bailey have clashed. It won't be the last time. I'm ready. I'm ready for Clash of Champions. It's my sole focus. Over the summer, me and Bailey fought over that SmackDown Women's Championship and I got so I let the idea of becoming SmackDown Women's Championship instead of motivate, motivating me. It, it poisoned me. It jeopardized, you know, it jeopardized my judgment. It clouded my judgment and it jeopardized my friendship. It, and it's, I'm not going to allow this to happen at Clash of the Champions. I'm going to, you've had the summer of Bailey. You're going to have the fall and the winter, the Christmas, the new year of Nikki Cross being the SmackDown Women's Champion. And, and speaking of friendships, what did you think of the state of Alexa Bliss tonight? It's not my best friend. That's not Lexi. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I did this. I'm the one that pushed her down. I'm the one that left her alone. I'm the one that let her be attacked by the f- the fiend and he got in her head and he twisted her and he's turning her into something I don't understand and I'm going to get to the bottom of it because she is my best friend. She is my tag team partner. She has been for the last year and a half and I'm not just going to push that aside and I'm not going to give up on her. Nikki Cross is promising right now that she's going to save Alexa Bliss. I have to. Well, they're not done with that angle. 
Yeah. So, uh, what was the thing with Sami Zayn? He came out angry again, the same Intercontinental title shit. Yeah, pretty much. Literally a virtual repeat. Yeah, and they wound up having to throw him out, right? Yeah. Um, what's this new guy with the face and the bald head? For Adam Peters. Yeah, he wound up uh, removing him from the whole situation. So what's interesting, for anybody who's a longtime Ring of Honor fan, if you guys remember, there was an angle that they did with Devon, where you had Devon's kids. Remember Devon's kids, Terrence and Terrell? Yeah. Who was it that was that was trying to turn them evil? Was it uh, Caprice Coleman, I think, might have been the guy? Yeah, I, was I like, think it was. Stay away from my kids. Ironically, Adam Pierce, he comes out, and it's Devon's kids who threw, who threw Sammy down. You notice that shit? Yeah. Terrence and Terrell. Oh, wait, we got to fix the audio. Sorry, fellas. Yeah, we got a little bit of lag there. I don't want to start this clip here. Look at this shit here. So here you go. Just throwing it back up here. Pierce, the voice of reason around here. Can you please explain that this is Look not an intercontinental kids out there. Look at the other boy, the Jack. They got bigger, right? Boys, you, you brought... Don't touch me. Do not touch me. Torn up by Devon's kids. Okay, you know what? It's fine. I'll leave. Don't touch me. I'll leave. But you should all be ashamed of yourselves, all of you. That's awesome. This is an- that is so cool. <laughs> that had to be so cool. I saw it, man. I was like, no fucking way is that deal. Yeah. So Sami Zayn, once again, being given an angle. He has something to bitch about. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's a sign there. There's a sign they're going to be in part of WWE, next generation of Dudleys. Who knows? I wouldn't be mad at it. It'd be cool. Yeah, and Sami Zayn, on the other hand, is going to be too busy being salty about his uh, title situation here. They actually did a promo. Let's see what the hell this is. Hey, hey, are you rolling? Are you rolling? Yeah. Okay, I need you. Come, come here a sec. Okay. I need you to document this. I need you to broadcast this. Broadcast this on the internet or send it to management. Whatever, whatever you got to do. I need the people to know something. I need WWE management to know something, and I need two WWE superstars specifically to understand something, and that is AJ Styles, number one. The man who, the man who claims to be the uncrowned Intercontinental Champion, and then and Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, the scab, scam, fraudulent, corporate-friendly Intercontinental Champion. I need them both to understand something. I need everybody to understand something. I am the Intercontinental Champion. I won this fair and square. I never lost this championship. And as long as this disrespect continues, where I am not recognized as the Intercontinental Champion, I promise you this, I promise everybody this. There will be no peace. The show will not run cohesively. There will be no Intercontinental Championship title defenses. There will be no Swanton Bombs. There will be no phenomenal forearms. I will bring the ship down with me. You understand? So spread that message wherever you do it, <laughs> internet, television, awesome. I don't care. Make sure that that message goes out, okay? Oh, God, his promos are great. Yeah, so you got that intercontinental angle still going on. And uh, then the new Firefly Funhouse person was unveiled, which I think I have that here. I don't know if I'm playing the whole thing. I don't have that much time for all this shit, but just so you guys get a peek for anyone who didn't see it. <laughs> So what basically happens here first is that uh, he was supposed to have like the persevering, what was it, the persevering rabbit or some shit, the persevering parrot come out, but the but the box didn't have holes in it, so they're implying that the parrot dropped dead. <laughs> parrot right? fucking suffocated. The suffocated, and now they don't have a friend, so then <laughs> this happens. Oh, well. <laughs> Oh, 
What the my home is going on around here? You've lost the Universal Championship. You've lost the Persevering Parrot. And worst of all, you've lost my trust. You clearly can't handle the responsibility of the Firefly Funhouse on your own. Are you sure, boss? Don't sass me, boy. This is non-negotiable. And you better fully cooperate or you're... you're... Okay, 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 okay. okay. But, but what do you have in mind? That's more like it. Now, please welcome the new special advisor to the Firefly Funhouse. This is such good. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so that's what they did. Yeah. And it's a Paul Heyman parody, obviously. You know, you didn't like it. Obviously, your silence is very telling. I mean, I expected more. Like I remember when they talked about this last last week. I was literally like, okay, in some way, shape, or form, Bliss is going to be the new uh, character. So then I saw this, and I was like, oh, it's another puppet. I wouldn't say not like it, just kind of disappointed. Like, I expected more. Yeah, and according to Ringside News, there were exclusive news that Bruce Bruce Pritchard is the one who created this character, and a lot of the writers (laughs) were afraid to criticize it uh, just because... uh, the way things have been going lately in the office nobody wants to get thrown out and uh yeah so i don't know this company they just throw jabs at everybody the jeff hardy thing that happened when he got injured on the ramp who was it that took him out again oh my god yeah it was uh zane i believe right uh yeah i believe that was what happened uh when they apparently one of the commentators mentioned that when jeff hardy was on the ground they just wanted to take note that he's not unconscious yeah apparently jab it mad yeah, they, they that was fed to them from Vince. That was a jab at what happened in AEW and their lack of protocol for concussions and stuff. So they they throw shit over here all the time. It's amazing how they take more time jabbing. They keep putting booking a fucking competent product. Like yeah, so Jay Uso does all of the work in the main event, and then Roman comes out at the last minute and he tags Jay's back when he's going for the Superfly Splash and just winds up spearing Sheamus for the win, looking like an asshole. So that is pretty much the way that they set up everything happening there. Yeah, that is I really hope they don't run that into the ground because it's going to get really irritating really quick. Yeah. So SmackDown 2.286 million viewers with a 0.6 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. They were up a little from the previous week, even though this episode wasn't as good as the previous week. Uh, and that brings us finally to close this show to Raw, which last week brought in 1.725 million viewers. The verdict's still in for tonight. 1.89 million overnight average. Um, which dropped from the 2.45 million they had the previous week. I'm not talking about everything. Just going to go over some bullet points here because it just went off the air. But, uh, that argument with Zelina and Andrada and Angel Garza, um, I know it's just a pet peeve and I get that it's for television and everything. But when you look at the three characters involved in this storyline and the argument that was happening, wouldn't everyone in that situation be speaking Spanish the entire time? You know what I mean? Like, I get that they're doing it for television, but if you have three people who's, who's, 
first language is Spanish altogether speaking in a heated conversation. The only three there, they would all be speaking Spanish at the same time. Like, like that would be the equivocal to like, if you were watching Game of Thrones and then the people who speak Dothraki, the Dothrakis, they just had a scene where they were talking to each other in the tents, but they were all in English. You know what I mean? You got to keep consistency with like the realism of just little things like that. Let them speak Spanish, subtitle it if you have to or whatever. But it's just weird that the three people who you know, two of them don't even speak any English are all speaking English. Uh, you know, I, I like Stacey's a joke in a chat room during that. She said she thinks they need Eddie Kingston because she figured Eddie Kingston, since he helped everybody in Dynamite, he would bring the love back over here to Eddie <laughs> Kingston. Exactly just go, he'll just go everywhere. You know what I mean? He'll be a really the resident therapist. He hugs Andrade. He's like, you're my best friend. You know what I mean? And then he's there. That's your and brother. Like I said in the chat room, his gimmick will be he cools off heat. We have heaters in wrestling. Now we'll have a cooler. You know, he'll come on, he'll bring Sasha and Bailey back together. He'll be like, listen, listen, where were you before your hair was blue? Remember that? And then he'll just like embrace them for like a big group hug. You know, and then Stacey said that he'll also help out the Lucha house party. You know, he'll help Luchas everywhere. You know what I mean? Like he'll, uh, he'll see those guys ba- over there? They're killers. He'll Stop become, the cuddles. He'll become a baby face that unifies the world. Oh, my fucking God. It'd be amazing. Yeah. But uh, I don't understand how that translated into now all of a sudden Selena's like, I deserve a title shot. Like, what? Yeah, that's crazy stuff. Uh, Ricochet sold the shit out of that lumbar check in that match with him and Cedric. <laughs> like, he really propelled himself. That is good selling there. That move, that's Most the like way damn, did like 900. That. You know. Uh, I don't know who that is. I mean, who was that that did the shitty retribution promo where his voice, it was like, well, first it was a shitty voice, then it was a distorted voice. The retribution stuff is really bad. I'm telling you, like, they don't know, like, everybody's just like, oh, it's this guy this week. They don't fucking know. Because I have never seen the same person, even so much as the eyes, twice a week. Yeah, you know, then you have MVP who he's doing a promo where he's putting over his guys and he fails because he's like, I got Shelton, I got Lashley, I got Seltrick, Cedric, you know, I got that guy over there, the new one. I fucking lost it when he said Seltrick. I was like, oh, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. Mickey James versus Asuka, which you guys know, if you go back to NXT, Mickey James versus Asuka was great. Yeah, that was literally Mickey's very first match back in WWE. And it was an awesome match. That's where you can count on NXT. This also, it was a great match and had a shitty raw ending. And everyone on Twitter was furious about this. We're not even sure exactly what happened the ref stopped the match he said it couldn't continue it was just really weird like there's different speculations going on i'm gonna let you guys see what the hell we were looking at here uh i know we have it on the uh we have it in our system somewhere Ah, uh, here it is and then you guys tell me what it is that you think lock it in mickey james in trouble this is bad news for the challenger can mickey james oh last move maneuver mickey able to somehow roll through and I believe Mickey tapped out. What? Did Mickey tap out? Mickey looks confused. Everybody looks confused. What happened? See the officials ruling you. What's he saying? Well, we're going to wait to hear what the uh, the ring announcer has to say from the official here. Oh, yeah, see, there's just some confusion. What? No. Just to inform the referee that Mickey James can no longer continue. Therefore, your winner and still the Raw Women's Champion, Oscar. Even though Mickey Mickey looks confused when they called the bell, if you look carefully here, okay, Mickey looks off. Watch when she leaves. Keep your eyes on Mickey. 
See, she's not even able to get up. Look at that. See, even trying to get out of the ring looks rough for her. So, scrolling through uh, social media a little bit, Sports Key is saying that Mick Foley thinks she might have separated her shoulder. Like, her shoulder might have popped out of the socket. You know, it's funny. I wish I would have said this during the match. But when she got up on the top turnbuckle with Asuka, I remember thinking, sure hope she doesn't separate her shoulder. And the reason for this is because if anybody who's a longtime Mickey James fan will remember, there was a TNA house show several years ago where she got up on that top turnbuckle and she fell off and hit her shoulder and separated it really badly. And she was on the ground, pounding the ground. I'm sure you could still find this on YouTube. It's late. Maybe we'll go over it next week. But I remember thinking that shoulder, when she took that bump, if you go back and watch during this house show, this might have been even before I started doing this. That's how long ago it was. But when she went and she took that bump, I remember thinking that shoulder is always going to be a fucking problem. And just seeing her on that top turnbuckle made me think of that. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, good. Because there was a moment she was up there with Asuka where, and it was weird because she downed Asuka almost on the opposite top turnbuckle, top left turnbuckle. And she went to the bottom right one, even though the range of doing a spot like that wouldn't work. The only thing I could think of was that maybe it was going to, she was thinking Asuka walks towards her missile drop kick. Because from that range, she's not hitting a splash. But I just yeah. remember when she gets hit and she's up there, it was the same position she was in when she fell and fucked up her shoulder. And now you're telling me that they're reporting separated shoulders, probably that old injury that came back. And now that I think about it, play that clip one more time, because I noticed something when she's rolling away after uh, after the pen is over. Sure. Something about the way on one of her arms. Okay. Because hearing that now, I want to see if maybe I can catch it. Okay, let's go back a little bit here. Okay, right about here, because it's after that. It's after the after the bell's already been called. And she's rolling away. Was that where she rolls? No, no. This was like after like the decision already been called. Okay, so let's see, let's see, because I know she put rolled awkwardly on it. It looked like yeah, she, she starts of, to. Let me see if we could just give me a timestamp of where you see it. I'm gonna keep the clock on the screen. When she, it's like pretty much as she's sitting up when she starts to roll out of the ring. Something about the way she rolled looked weird. In fact, I want to say watch her left arm, the one she tries to put like down first, is the one that's closest to the camera. Oh, her right arm, then. Right? Look at that. She's left. Look at, yeah, look at the way she kind of, when she starts to roll, yeah, she doesn't put any weight on it. Yeah, so maybe that's what it was. I know there was a lot of speculation. Like, you know, people were saying that she was hurt and she's the one who stopped the match. Um, some people thought that it was because she was supposed to tap, but was so concussed that she didn't tap when she was supposed to, which I'm not sure about that. Other people said they ran out of time, so they just called the bell. Um, but now if you're telling me that they're saying that there was a shoulder thing, you know, that sounds more feasible, you know? Yeah, maybe the ref saw something that looked awfully. Because yeah. at one point when she when she rolled for that pen combination, the ref looked really close at one of her shoulders. Yeah, but then other people saying that the ref was checking his headset, too. So it's like, was he checking to tell them or was he being told something? You know, it's it's too soon since this just happened. I, I'm doing this. This is the second week in a row I'm doing this, but I'm looking to see if there's news while we're live on the air. So it's going to take a minute um, to see if I could get any definite confirmation. Yeah, it'd be unfortunate if that injury snuck up, snuck back up on her because, like... That finish did neither of them any favors. Yeah, I'm seeing the same thing that you're seeing, that she was injured, more or less. Yeah, Foley yeah. saying, looks like her shoulder might have popped out of the socket. Yeah, yeah hopefully we'll get some kind of confirmation on that throughout the week. Yeah, that's what Mick Foley said. He said, I'm hearing that Mickey James may have been injured her shoulder in tonight's Raw match, which which would explain the quick ending to the match. And then Lance Storm says, hope Mickey James is okay. I think the ref said her shoulder popped out. Okay, so, yes. you know. Because stuff like abruptly. shoulder and knee injuries can sneak back up on you. Yeah. 
And then after this is when Zelina Vega comes out, which I guess that might have been planned, but they had to rush it because Zelina Vega comes out. She slaps Asuka and she says something about going for the title, which, uh, yeah, that would be fire. I mean, you know, Thea Trinidad knows how to wrestle. She can go. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's about time and it looked like she got sick of her two buddies. Um, as soon as, as soon as she left them and said she can't do this anymore, the two of them came to blow. So maybe that was the end of the little Spanish stable that they had there. But, uh, I would like to see what happened between a feud with her and Asuka. So that would be interesting. Uh, but yeah, Mickey James, I, I hope that she's all right. And that sucks that that match went that way because it was going really good, you know, and it, oh, yeah, it, they know, were killing it. WWE never goes out of their way to push her or promote her. So, I mean, if it is that that, that happened, that's just going to be another thing that they're going to use against her. Yet another argument of why they don't push somebody who's older. You know what I mean? Like they consider her an older lady at this point. I know what their mentality is. And that really sucks because she's, I think, one of my favorites. And uh, I really feel like I would love to see a Mickey James title run. You know, like she She's can go. Yeah, I have to have one last go. You know, what a, what a shame. What an absolute shame that we have somebody out there that, uh, you know, just doesn't, uh, isn't going to get the push that she wants. And you know what? If that contract expires and they don't use her, I hate to say it, you know, but really AEW could use girls that can go. You know what yeah, I mean? They and, need more. Uh, if they can get Mickey James even for a little while, hell, if even if they could somehow get, I know Gail Kim would never do it because she loves TNA, but somebody like Gail Kim, even a Tara who's retired, but just some of these older girls, if they can get them in here, uh, the ones that can go and get them out of WWE that aren't being utilized. I would love to see Mickey James be, uh, just someone who's in the for, in the forefront of something. Maybe not in WWE. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at this point, everywhere else is better because everywhere else at least tries with people. They don't yeah. use little bullshit excuses like, oh, you got hurt this one time. And it's like, yeah. All right. Hopefully we're, we're almost done here. Good Lord. So other things that happened. Eric tapped out to Lashley. Eric Rowan or, or what's his name here? I well yeah Eric with a K. I forget which guy he is. He is Eric. That's here, a, right? that's Row. Yeah. Yeah, that's Row. Okay. So uh, aside from that, we had Rollins, who we joked about on the channel because Rollins sees Murphy. He's like, "Where have you been, man? I've been looking all over for you." And he winds up. Uh, he slaps the shit out of him. Like I said in the charm, I've seen hedgehogs lose rings for lesser slaps. You know what I mean? Like he slapped the <laughs> shit out of him. It was nuts. Yo, that he, shit rivals Shawn Michaels slapping Randy. And then he slapped him again. And like I told you guys, that second slap, that was like that third slice of pizza where it was like, you know what? That last one was so good that I'm just going to get one more. And because he slaps him again and it makes that thud sound because he's wearing the glove. Poor, poor freaking Murphy gets his ass slapped. I'm and then slap uh, paint off him. And then we get Dominic and Rollins in a steel cage, which murphy comes out and he fucks up because he's preventing dominic from climbing the cage but then when he does that he swings the cage shut and he accidentally hits poor rollins in the head with the cage and he's like oh no rollins told him not to come out you know yeah so he really screwed up there and uh afterwards because dominic uh dominic winds up losing anyway unfortunately two curb stomps yeah, and the parents have to watch in dismay. And uh, then they do that stupid angle where uh, basically Rollins winds up beating the hell out of uh, Murphy and leaving him on the ground. Like, how do you know? You know, how do you like how it feels? He hits him with his own cage, too. And he's like, you know, I know how it feels because it sucks. You did it to me. And he's all bitching and shit. And uh, it's funny because the, the Mysterios go into the ring to help Dominic. And on the way, his sister, she kneels in front of Murphy and she sort of sympathetically goes like, oh which uh, people are speculating they're going to do some sort of an angle is that what it's going to be like a romeo and juliet style thing these two uh, these two feuding families and, and you know like he's going to be the missing they're going to turn him baby face by having a love storyline with the with, with, with dominic's sister is that what this is that'd be some shit wouldn't it yes that would be some <laughs> shit 
Like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> Just the way she kneeled, the little ooh. What the fuck was that? Oh, God. That should be the graphic. Right. Just that little surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Doc. It's my old friend. <laughs> but apparently, Dominic is super over. Not not only with the fans, like they consider him in the backstage. They consider him like one of the top baby faces of WWE already. Like he's just pretty much in that role. It's not even like this is a guy they're trying. He's considered one of the top baby faces of the brand. Like this is just to give you that. This this video came out. This is how Vince reacts to Dominic oh, yeah. when he comes back from a match. It's all good. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Very few people get that kind of reaction from the ring, no matter how long they've been in the business. So you should be very, very proud of yourself. I think those are powerful words. He said, Very few people which, get that kind of reaction, no matter how long they've been in the business. You should be very yeah. proud of yourself. Which, uh, that was talk. cool because that came from the day of SummerSlam 2020, which I was watching earlier. When probably the best thing I've ever seen was uh, a few, was a little while before this. Dominic had come backstage from that match with Rollins at SummerSlam. They got the applause and immediately started crying. Yeah. Like that kid made it. <laughs> and he even said that um, this was the end goal. So to realize he started at the goal, it's it's the coolest freaking story ever. Yeah. Very cool. So definitely check that out. And uh, it was announced that Mandy Rose has been drafted to Raw. This was apparently The Miz is doing, and since they want you to watch everything, you don't know unless you watched, uh, what was it, Talking Smack or or uh, one of those shows, one of the other shows. But this is As essentially what happened. As of 10.01 p.m. on 9-11-2020, Mandy Rose is now on the roster of USA Network's Monday Night Raw. What? what? Boom! What? Ooh, Wait a minute. Big news. You better sit to Raw. Why? 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 Yes, why? Let, let, let's let's listen up, this way. Listen up. You're confused frequently, but here we go. Money in the bank contract, right? Yep. It is It is very, very important. Uh, Otis is that he Otis won. needs you guys to concentrate, can't. needs to focus. He needs to get rid of every distraction that he could possibly have. And Mandy Rose was a distraction for a person that could be the universal so champion. Of yes, course we uh, are. So you're going that, that dark Bliss path. So, uh, yeah, that's the storyline that for some, some reason they use that to do this storyline. And then she goes on social media and goes, you dirty bastard. Three weeks. It took three weeks to find out what I, why I wasn't on SmackDown. And of course it's because of you, Mike. I had a career moment at SummerSlam to not be on SmackDown and you just drop it on talking smack like it's nothing. You affect my career and my time so you could try and stop Otis from succeeding. This is how you use your pull. Wow. And she puts up two cursing emojis. She says, if if I'm going to Raw, that's great. I'll do bigger and better things on Mondays than I've done on Fridays. Oh, and if you think you're going to split Otis and I up, think again, Miz. There are seven days in the week, and me and Mr. Money in the Bank are as tight as ever. And Otis goes, you tell him, my peach. Those and Rose are coming. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. Those and Rose. That's fucking great. Oh, that, that's what's going on on social media. So you have to piece these stories together. Nine hours of programming isn't enough for them to tell you the whole thing. You got to make sure that you also catch the YouTube stuff, the Twitter stuff, the social media posts. You know, the nine hours ain't enough. Uh, Raw Underground this week was Ziggler and Riddick Moss getting their asses kicked by Braun Strowman, who I guess even though he's on SmackDown, you can go to something called Raw Underground. Anyone's allowed there because it's underground. So it's a lot of that and the two of them teaming up. I don't know why we care about this. Um, Raw Underground does nothing for me. I don't get it at all. I don't right, know if that's why Strowman's there at this 
point. They don't give a shit about them. Do you like it at all? Like when you watch it, like the, the, does it do anything for you? I mean, some people might enjoy it. <sighs> at this point, I feel like you can't be a real MMA fan and enjoy this shit. Maybe that's like, what it is for me because I like MMA and I'm watching this. And it's yeah. like if I'm watching wrestling, then I'm watching wrestling. But this isn't working. Like, I feel like the bad part about it is even if I wasn't watching wrestling, if I just stumbled across this. It's just an MMA fan. I feel insulted. Like, is this what you think we watch? Like, like yeah. nobody's interested in the, oh, there's no rules. We do what we want. Like, nobody's coming to see that shit. Yeah. And that's something that gets on my nerve. You know, they can do a lot more uh, without the raw on the ground. This is going to be one of those things they look back at, like the, the freaking brawl for all where years from now. People are going to be like, remember that dumb shit that they did that one time that they thought was a good idea, but turned out not to be a good idea. That's what they're going to do. You know? Sad part is even worse because at least Brawl for All was a shoot. <laughs> this is a painfully obvious work. Yeah, nah, it's it's uh it's a shame. And I, I I hate the emphasis on it. Like Shane has more personality with his freaking bird than uh than the than the stuff that's actually going on. Then all they do is the same thing. It's gonna be a good night, yes, sir. And I love how like all it's like it's what, just to get guys who you had no intention of like, using fucking TV time, like Riddick Moss and Titus O'Neill, like and then they had the audacity to promote some shit for next week. Like, what? Yeah. No, they are they are not uh they are not doing great right now, in my opinion. You know. Uh Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre, they have words, but it can't just be words, even though that would have been effective enough. This actually turns into a backstage brawl. Here we go again doing two or three weeks worth of stuff. One week they should have had the words, the next week they should have had the backstage brawl, the next week they could have had the match. But nope, here they had words warning of what the one might do to the other, and then immediately one did it to the other right there, and then they that might lead to a match, and then immediately they had a match right there. So everything happened all at once. The backstage, the actual match, and then even that doesn't get resolved because uh what happened? We have retribution who shows up right yeah once again with uh different numbers yeah and and now at this point uh what was it the hurt business has gone over to adam pierce who for some reason is now in charge of everything and they offered him their services he thought it was a volunteer thing so he agreed but they actually want money but they're gonna go after the uh the freaking guys which doesn't really make they're any sense they were gonna keep they were gonna keep them out so heels versus heels here and then we got four of them the, even the heels are outnumbered you know what i mean like why would the four of them think that they're enough for retribution to sign up for that and I love how they had to come out with music and everything. Like, yeah, and yeah, they had new awkward music. I'm not gonna play it because I just want to leave. <laughs> it ended with a dive, and then by the power of Grace, it fucking ended. Yeah, what was the dive? What was the last moments of this? Because you're right. It was down. Lee, and I love how they just literally erased everything that happened with that freaking two hours because they fought twice backstage. But uh, Lee and Drew did dual um, dual topes. Oh boy. And that's magically wiped out all of retribution. Yeah, you see what I mean? <clears throat> I don't know how people are still excited to figure out who these fuckers are. I don't care anymore. No. Well you shouldn't, man. Damn you, people wonder why I give this company shit. It's not just because they're WWE, it's cause they do stupid shit like this. I'd like to enjoy it. Can't. Yeah. It, it hurts like, some days. Like, it does hurt some days. And like, <laughs> you know. There was there was a lot of chuffa here. SmackDown as usual was slow and steady. But uh, that's about it, you know. Yeah, so back down to NXT, at least I'm seeing a consistent pace. Whereas Raw, oh, it's like I'm turning the corner in a horror show. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, no, neither do I, man. Neither do I. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, folks. That's what happened on the weeklies. That's more our opinion on it than the report. Like I said, we don't go spot for spot here. We're just basically telling you how we feel about the overall vibe. And that is how we feel. <sighs> that being said... 
thank you to everyone who hung out with us for this entire evening and this entire week of wrestling. All of you guys who have supported us in the chat room live always. Uh, Stasis Dreams, Willie V2, EB Gamer, Kula Ice, Mark in Detroit, Sugar Shane, Six Slayer, Saku Hasu, AK Marceline, uh, Pixie Starlet, thank you for the host, George Z, uh, Ball857, King Quest 770, Blood Luster, Princess League, Ray Rayik, is that right? Or Relic? Relic with a one. Uh, NY Zemis, uh, Weekly Planet 516, AK uh, Ashley, Mondra1989, Laugh for Purpose, and Sumamano. And of course, all of you listening on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, Twitch, Facebook, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and even over at TalkBrunch.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to TalkBrunch Live, episode 408, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dar, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, and Destin Frazier, a.k.a. Soul Glow. We're out of here. Later, people. See you next week. Football. Shut that down.